Yes. <sighs> and we're back. Yet are again. we? Are we ready? <laughs> yeah, we're going? I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready if you're ready. Yeah. All right, well, let's do this then. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> the lid is closed. <laughs> Turns out, shaky bottle <laughs> While it's works open. so much better if it's actually closed. When it's open, it's good if you're about to mop the floor. Oh, okay. Yeah, but if you're yeah, because then you just mix it in and it doesn't matter. Right, but if you're, let's say, getting ready for a podcast, it just gets your <laughs> shirt wet. I don't want to say. I mean, I, one of my friends told me that. The Ric Flair drip. I dripped on my drip. Nice. Ah, <laughs> oh, cheers. Mm. Cheers, bro. Tart. Can you guess what it was? Tart. <laughs> well, we've hit that, but do you know what it is? Mm-mm. Honestly, if you're, if you're learning what these are yet, mm. Mm, that's the I ga- don't. that's the Gabby one. Is it? Yeah. Wow. It was just so. Nothing why does her? Why did hers taste so much better the one time when you're like? Because you had no you had no point of reference. Okay. So you were like, oh, now it's a little more tart. You're like, oh, this is sweet. Yeah, yeah and we probably had less water and a little bit more. Like probably. that was like one and a quarter scoops. Okay. And like I don't know eight ounces of water or something like that whatever so uh can you grab the patents they're right in front of the voodoo bag so i had a question i was talking to somebody this week i don't remember who and i told him that i would look at the basket patents so once again the basket patent is 1988 i don't know why i reached for that in such an awkward way (laughs) but i did um yeah because they were they were smart guy you're they're, for a smart guy, you're pretty dumb. So they were saying, like, you know, Michigan has been known for, like, short par three, you know, deuce or die courses. Yeah. And I was saying, uh, that's not really the thing. The thing is more of, like, Michigan is one of the kind of, like, not birthplaces, but one of the original strongholds of disc golf. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, California and Michigan being two of the early places where disc golf became very popular. Yeah. So I'm looking at, like, a lot of the courses that you're talking about were established shortly after 1988 or in 1988. Yeah. So like Star, Wagner, Rain Tree. Yeah. So there's like some validity, but also it's not like they just went in. Like. What do you mean? As to being like, if if the majority of these courses got put in at this period of time and those are shorter courses, deuce or die, now they're known as like, if you don't go into that information knowing that, then... It's not, again, like these aren't, they, it's not like they haven't, or it's not like they have just been put in. Right. Yeah. And, and I was these saying, are a while ago. Right. And I was, yeah. I was even saying like, you know, if you move across the state, there's other courses that have been in a long time that aren't necessarily like so short in your point of reference to like courses that are played in other states and courses that are more on pro tour now mm-hmm. are definitely younger courses. I'm like, because, you know, even when I started playing late nineties, fastest speed is a speed eight. Yeah. So if you could throw 400 feet, it was, you were balling out. There was yeah. no, no standardized form. Yeah. Like I feel like I 400 foot T birds. Right. <laughs> for, right. For or even like shortly after that, when the Valkyrie came in, like you had somebody throw yeah. 600 feet, you know, yep. like in a wide open field. Yeah. But there still wasn't a lot of like, you know, real accepted like efficient form, and there wasn't like faster discs. So playing a you know 400 foot hole, 425 foot hole, whatever it is with a seven speed disc with kind of jacked up form it is a par four for a lot of people you know (laughs) and uh 
So, yeah, and then I'm like, you know, as of course are going, because they were talking in point of like Bald Mountain. Like Bald Mountain's going to be sweet. It's nice that we're going to have like a big like championship level course and all this other stuff, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, and a lot of courses, like they're trying to modify um, Addison to make it into like, instead of 24, like 18 real, like long challenging holes and, and all yeah. this stuff. I'm like, which I think it'll be sweet. I think Addison is beautiful. Yeah, I yeah. think it'll be sweet too. Yeah. And anything that you can put there, you know, it'll be maintained well. Yeah. And it'll look the best that it can look. But I was also like, disc golf is moving more in the direction of, you know, longer courses because people and equipment has gotten better. Yada, yada. Same thing in ball golf, you mm -hmm. know, like watching the shampoo, like drive 400 and something yards, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, so they've like lengthened courses and they've done the same thing as technology and as like people's ability to really mash the ball changes. Then like the game changes and then like the courses change and all that. Yeah. So I don't think that you're looking at, Michigan, hmm. the theory of disc golf in Michigan is much more like shorter holes that, you know, X, Y, and Z. I think it's just, no, you're playing history. Like you're playing yeah. what disc golf was. You know, I watched the video of, uh, I always forget his name, but the guy that did the Crack the Whip video, the guy from Innova that always wears the oh, Jurassic wait, Park hat. Dave Dunapage? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did the video and he was talking about like the origin of disc golf discs. Yeah. And like the first, you know, and he was talking about like we made one. And we thought it was going to do this, and it didn't, and then we made that. He goes, but before that, you're just playing, you know, with regular Frisbees. And then, yeah. he, then he's talking about, like, then we made the AVR. But yeah. he's saying, like, it took him a while to, like, make the AVR because everybody just wanted a disc that would go as far as possible. Like, why would you want a disc that doesn't go as far as another disc? Like, why wouldn't you throw the disc that goes the farthest? Yeah. He's like, but then you got into, like, well, it's easier to putt with. And then there was this idea of, like, different, disc different discs for different things. Yeah. He's like, we're now... People are carrying bags with, you know, all these different molds and discs for this and discs for that. He's like, but at the beginning, it was like, I want a disc that doesn't just turn over in any kind of wind and one that I can actually throw farther. Yeah. So I, th I found that video interesting, but also like just courses and the evolution. Was this of a that. newer video? Or yeah, this? I think it was like, okay. they have like Ask Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a series of videos like Ask Dave. Yeah, I've seen them. I haven't seen this one. So I'm going to have to watch that later. Yeah, and in a he pulled out like a Ziploc bag, no towels in it. Yeah. But he pulled out a Ziploc bag and it had like <laughs> the first ever, like whatever disc it was he was talking about. Really? Yeah. He's like, this is the test flight one of that. Really? I was just like, that's sick. that guy's probably got some baller shit. You yeah. Know? Like, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Dude, he does. I'm sure. Yeah. Cause, uh, like talking with Scott and like, he's got one of like the Holy Grail buzzes or whatever. Yeah. Like one of the first test flights of like the first whatever, but going in, he was saying going into like the owner's office and like the big guy's office at Discraft. it's like yeah this doesn't really compare because you just have shit that just was made and never was released right. never got named it was just like uh, a case number basically right <laughs> yeah like when, he, yeah like when paul came to Discraft and he got to like go through and figure yeah. out like oh well this disc never quite made it and be like well what if we just change this a little bit or what if we just change that a little bit and you're literally yeah. just looking at blanks of discs with numbers on them yeah. that never made it anywhere yeah they're yeah. more blank than blanks yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They, they actually hardly even exist in reality yeah yeah there's yeah. only like three people know yeah that it's hilarious there. scott has actually one of them it's a mid-range of something and it feels like in between an mrv and a drone okay it's a really weird thing he's like i, I threw it and it was like a pretty straight fire it was actually a good disc they just never put it into production i was like yeah why not it's like i have no fucking clue I don't yeah. know. Feels great. Like the plastic, like the XS you were showing me. It's yeah. like similar greatness of that. It's like, why would you ever stop? Yeah. So, I, so we, yeah. we went right before <laughs> this and we went through this. I came up with a theory on Friday. Yeah. We talked about it on Friday yep. and I had a super busy weekend. One of my buddies got married on Saturday and then I had a tournament on Sunday and then I came home and went to sleep. 
Yep. And then today we had scheduled to like do some, I wanted to run an experiment, which we did. We'll talk about. Um, but anyways, in the, in the sun, in the hot yeah. elite Z plastic by Discraft is what you're looking for. Like it's yeah. so nice. Yeah. Unle- well, at least that one. Yeah. Un- yeah that unless one was amazing. it's unless it's the other one, which which is made of Vaseline I don't and know plastic. What it is. Like. So, <laughs> yeah, so I have an old XS <laughs> that I got. I got two of them from uh, Play It Again Sports for eleven dollars total, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. Um, came home and whenever I, if if you know me, I'm crazy. But came home, took them into the sink, right, and washed them with like the scrubby side of a Scotch Brite sponge, yeah. dish soap, hot water, just to get all of the whatever's on them off so i can yeah. get like good or at least with them. try to or at least try to yeah um i do i stick yeah. with it like, i'm <laughs> yeah. diligent oh yeah so i got them both clean they're both whatever but i haven't thrown them in a while so they've been sitting in the bin up there um and then i pulled them out today to take them to the park to run this experiment and like there's fingerprinty ce like yeah. i had a, fi- a super fingerprinty like firebird from back in the day ce and like yeah. it would just like create this dust or something that like yeah. comes out from the plastic or collect the dust from yeah. the atmosphere. i have a couple prodigy discs that did the same thing like fred ordered this earlier this year so yeah. these aren't like old discs or whatever by any means yeah and they do the same thing it's got like the weird chalky tackiness to it yeah that if you wash off comes back yeah from where i don't know but anyways the one excess that i took out like it's covered in something yeah. from <laughs> I don't know if like the plastic's like sweating or yeah. like if it's alive, maybe it's alive. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It but feels like a slug-ish type thing. Yeah, it's like, like just covered in something, but it's literally like done. What if one dude, he was making discs and just like for this batch, there's just a run of excesses. Like, yeah, yeah I'm looking for the slug excesses. Yeah. Like, like, what are those? <laughs> oh, this dude, he like, he went and stepped away and just an army of slugs jumped into the pot. as One, one run. There's one run. <laughs> yeah. They're the sluggiest run ever. <laughs> So, oh yeah. So anyway, so we'll just go to the experiment. Yeah. So I, we worked out. Yeah. Maybe we can get into the workout first. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can, we can go into the workout. So Fuck we it. worked out last week. We had talked about it on last podcast that we wanted to work out and yeah. we we're going to get Jake Parker involved and we we're going to do that. Jake yeah. Parker has a full schedule, which we also talked about. And yeah. He's not, he's not <laughs> yeah. just waiting around. He's a busy guy. He's not just waiting around for Zach Fortuna to give him the call. Yeah. He's not on the bench like, can I go in now, coach? Yeah. Oh, Zach, you need me? Great. Yeah. Um, shout out to him because he, he does run his own business and everything. So, yeah. um, so then you just hit me up and you were like, dude, we're just going to work out. Yeah, because I, I just wanted to do it. I didn't want to have to wait. And again, he's like busy doing all this stuff. I was able to talk to him that day. He's like, sorry, just... There's a lot going on. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. And then I talked to you because it was just in my head is like, I'm ready to do this and I don't want it to be like X amount of days after then I'm right. going to fall into that weird cycle again of just like time goes by. Yeah, yep. exactly. So I wanted to just get at it. Like, I don't care. I know it's going to suck. Whatever. You didn't know how bad Boy, was it going to suck? <laughs> so so you hit Tuesday. Yeah. No. Monday? Thursday. Thursday. Yes. Was it that recent? Yes. Okay. Either way. Because Friday I had leagues. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, okay, so, okay. That's <laughs> so it was right. Thursday. So Wednesday night, you were yeah. like, I'm going to come over tomorrow at 8.30 in the yeah, morning yeah. and we're oh, going to work out. Because right. we I was talking to him Monday night, trying to make it happen for Tuesday. And then Wednesday, decide, yep. fuck it, let's get at it. So Thursday, I get up, like ready to go, be at Darren's at 8.30 or whatever. Like, yep. Oh, hey, look, like pre-workout. We'll, there we'll was, make one of these. First of all, there was a little negotiation on Wednesday night. Because you were like, we will work uh, out tomorrow. And then I was stalling. And then you were like, 8.30, okay. And I was stalling. <laughs> and then finally, I was like, Gabby's ex going to be over tomorrow morning at 8.30 in the morning for us to work out. She was like, what? I was like, send. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he's going to be over at 8.30. So 
<laughs> so you're coming over at eight thirty in the morning for us to work out. I yeah. got up at eight, kind of got up and got going. Yeah. Was tired because I didn't go to sleep super early the night before, and I forget what I'd been doing. But I had a busy week this week, super busy week. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I tore down that thing on Wednesday. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. The yeah. shed or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I had a full <laughs> physical activity, like blue blue collar Labor Day. Um, and then you were coming over at eight thirty, and I was like, "Fuck it, let's do it." Right? Yeah. Like I know I'm gonna be sore. We'll just do it. Yep. So you come over. I'm a little tired. Mm-hmm. Um, I shop enough at the vitamin shop that they actually like gave me some shit. When I, and I'm friendly. Like I talk to all of them. Yeah. Um, manager's out. I'm attorney to leave. She's my homie. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So nice. Anyway, so they still all know me. You know, whatever. Because it's me. And yeah. I went in. I was like, hey. <laughs> so she had these two. These two things. She goes, "Have you ever tried the red? The red." con one like pre-work pre-energy pre-workout drink whatever that yeah. comes like in a bottle yeah it's called like, like war yeah something something, war, something of war war yeah yeah, yeah. war with yourself yeah. i don't know so <laughs> war you know the rest so yeah just you know the rest war so she gave me two of them she goes here try these out because i was like go up there and i get the jacko and then i got that bucked up and yeah. then i went in and i was like i was telling what i think like yeah. oh the jacko is really good yeah that bucked up it's just, tasty. Sorry. It's not cool. a huge fan. No, you know, not, really? Not, yeah, I'm just not. It's like not my thing. Yeah, um, I like it. So, yeah, it's good. I mean, yeah. it's good. It's just not yeah. my thing. Yeah. Um, like, it's not like I drank one of the case and then was trying to pedal them off on people. Yeah. Like, hey, man, you want something? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> You're happy. <have> <laughs> have these. Yeah, you need eight of them. <laughs> so, anyway, so she's like, well, here, try these out. I was like, all right. So, she gave me two and they've just been sitting in the fridge. So, yeah. then you came over and I was like, great, this would be a great thing. <laughs> you know, we can do it. And then I was like, it's probably going to be similar like the Jocko, which is going to like get us up and going. But like we really need to get going. And I didn't want to deal with like me being sluggish or you being sluggish because <laughs> I didn't I didn't want the workout to be where I'm like, come on, man, let's go. Or like yeah. where I'm kind of dragging ass because I felt like you're counting on me to like go through some stuff. And like I always like to be high energy anyways. And yeah, I knew like that morning it was going to be difficult. So I was like, I rather than err on the side of safety i was like let's just hit the pedal and go yeah so we took the oh boy i think we put the pedal through the floorboard (laughs) we took we took the drink i took the drink that they gave us and then i added a scoop of like real legit pre-workout to it yeah shook them up gave us each one and zero percent water (laughs) yeah no it was pre-energy powder into a pre-energy or i mean it was a pre-workout powder into a pre-workout drink yeah and then we just drank them and i was yeah. like all right let's go outside and start warming up yeah and we did like whatever a, a solid warm-up little jump rope a little like agility ladder shout out to jared yeah and uh <laughs> i actually call it the jared ladder which is funny but we did the agility ladder and then we did like some jumping over a bar and some stride work and whatever just get body warmed up get mm-hmm. the hips moving and uh and then i was like all right we'll do a, we'll do a round of bear crawls to the fence and back and then we'll go so we're at my yard. I think it's like 120 feet from the f- sidewalk to the fence. To the fence. Yeah. Maybe 90. I forget. One of the dimensions is 90. So maybe that's 90. So I bear crawl to the cyclone fence. I turn around. I bear crawl back. As I'm bear crawling back, I started to feel like I might faint. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And I was like, got to get to the sidewalk. So I bear <laughs> crawl to the sidewalk. I stand up. I turn around. <laughs> and Zach's like back and like leaning on the cyclone yeah, fence with one arm. The first round of bear crawl, which we only did one round. We right. went there the first in the half, back. Right. Yeah. The first half, I started like my stomach was above my head. Yeah. But it felt like it was trying to get to my head. Yeah. It wants <laughs> so, to come out. Like, yeah. So I was sitting at the fence, breathing, making like you're staying in. Fighting like, back. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm on like probably 70, 30 of the fence or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I, I stand up, I turn around, I see him on the fence, and I was like, oh, it must be hitting him too. Yeah. And I was thinking like, come on, dude, let's go. Like, yeah. I did it, you do it. Yeah. Um, I probably have a higher tolerance than you do for that stuff. Yeah. Um, I probably also have one of the strongest stomachs, like, known to man yeah. in terms of, like, not <laughs> giving up. And and I refuse. So, yeah. I like, just for stats, I haven't thrown up in, like, well over 10 years. Like, yeah. we're almost at 10 and a half years since last time I threw up. That's hilarious. Yeah, I just refuse. Yeah. I won't do it. Yeah. So, anyways. Does it make you, like... Does it make you look like a bitch or something, or what? Why? At reduce? this point, it's just a battle. Like because I have <laughs> just to be able to say I haven't. Yeah, yeah. I'm not lying. So yeah. I have gone so long without throwing up that at this point, when I feel like I'm going to throw up, it's a full battle. I'm just like yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to yeah. end the streak. If I was trying to do stats like that, I for sure could have held it back. Yeah. I just. Like, well, no, uh, you needed to throw up. Yeah. Like there, and I even told you that I said, uh, you know, you you need to throw up. Just throw up. Yeah. I was trying to tell you that. I was like, you know, if you just throw up, um, you'll be better. Oh yeah. I knew I knew that. Because yeah. that's usually what I just go by. Like, I don't care. I don't have this ten year standing bet with myself. Right. That if I did, like, I think for sure I could have withheld that still. But like yeah. it's so, time. Yeah. So we did that and then we went to the park and ran some routes with a football with a frisbee instead of a football just to get like the reason you do that is so that way you get your brain out of the way and you actually sprint. Yeah. Because otherwise, when you're going to sprint, like you're like, oh, this is fast enough. But when you're going to chase something, you yeah. know, we rarely had the timing right to where we were actually chasing yeah. stuff. So it worked and it didn't work. First workout doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and then we came in and did a bunch of stuff. And then at some point, you were like, I'm there It's now. time. Yeah. yeah. And it was when you brought the bucket over. Like, I was starting to feel it when we were doing the... Um, pull downs. Pull downs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, like, it was before that doing the reverse... Hypers. Like, yeah, reverse hypers that... All right, it's starting to do whatever. And then doing the pull downs, I thought would be like, what is going on here? Stop it. Um, that I'd be okay and have that time to be able to like yeah. recollect. And I got halfway through the 10 and then I stopped because I was like, all right, it's like, it's that hits me more than what I thought it was, just like you were telling me. Yeah. And so I just started sitting there and you're like, is it time? It's like, I don't know, maybe. And you go to get this giant bucket, like mop bucket. It's yeah. Like, here just in case and that was like enough for me to like yeah it's time type deal like seeing that and then like i i'm really good at like thinking about the thing and then it just like it's yeah, real quick it, yeah yeah Throwing so like, up. i go upstairs and just like i'm less of a mess whatever yeah. i can wash my mouth <laughs> afterwards and then i do that come back down like let's finish yeah, it finish yeah. the workout yeah. so we worked out um over a couple of hours, a little over a couple hours, yeah. including the warm-up. like two and a half or whatever. Yeah, including warm-up and puking and everything yeah. else that we had to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, too much. Too much pre-workout, for oh, sure. Oh, the, yeah. The takeaway. Oh, my God. We always talk about the takeaway. The takeaway was too much pre-workout. Yeah. But the workout itself was great. Yeah. The workout itself was great. And then, like, the stretch we got at the end was really good. And so it was it was thorough, from your knee to basically your yeah, shoulder blades. exactly what you told me we were working on was everything I fucking felt. Yeah. Like, above my knees and up to, like, about here or whatever. Yeah. It was like, all this was, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we got done. We were a little, little sore from doing it, more tired and more just caught off guard. Like, my body was just caught off guard. Like, yeah. oh, shit. Right? Yeah. Like, today we're going to work out. My body's, like, ready for it. It's like, yeah. all right, cool. Let's do this. Yeah. I'm extra ready for it because I did not. Like we did pre-workout before the podcast yeah. as we do per usual. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> I thought about it earlier as yeah. a joke to myself and no one was there to laugh. <laughs> yeah. So um, Friday I got up and I was a little sore, but a good sore. But then I had mushy butt. 
for yeah. sure. Like my whole <laughs> butt was just like, why did you do this to me? Yeah. And there was like nothing there. Yeah. So I knew I had leagues at night. So I was like, I'm going to go out during the day and play just to get my body moving and to kind of like start recovery and start doing whatever. So um, I went out and played cast, real casual round with Parker. And uh, we did that. And I was just like shaky like my my butt was shaky the rest yeah. of my body was okay my knees felt good which was nice because then i knew we didn't do anything wrong mm -hmm. um and then i had leagues so i went to cast dropped jake off at cast drove to leagues got to leagues and then just to stretch like the outside of my thigh and my butt when i was getting ready to throw i was like i'm going to take a longer back step on my x step mm -hmm. so that like left leg coming through I'm just going to put farther over. And the whole purpose of it was to like get a stretch kind of on my leg as I pushed it through and then take my step into it. And uh, I did that. And all of a sudden, for the first time in my entire life, I'm 42 and some change. Mm -hmm. Been playing disc golf a really long time. <laughs> um, I actually felt the connectivity of like my whole body going into a throw. And I like kind of had a minute of like freaking out. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, that was cool. Because yeah. most of the time, my body is just specifically blocking itself from doing what I want it to do because it's trying to protect my knees. Yeah. So I explained it to you. Because you've had how many knee things? A lot. And I've watched Double it. digit? Yes. And I've watched it. I've probably been on crutches in an immobilizer for my left knee probably seven times. Yeah. But I bent it completely backwards twice. Like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then I, wow. had, I had my, sh <laughs> I had my shin bone come God. out of the front of it once. That's when I had to have reconstructive surgery. Yep. I had my kneecap to the side of my knee once. And then I had it go out totally sideways like that once. Um, and then I've like hyperextended it, twisted it, whatever over time. So it makes sense that your body's like just the image. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> I, and I'm not, I'm not lying. Um, the image in my brain of looking down at my leg and it being backwards or looking down at my leg and having it take like a left turn yeah. or looking down at my kneecaps on the outside of my leg or the fucking bone sticking out of the front of my leg. Like they live there. Like you yeah. don't forget that. Um, so when I'm going to do stuff, like you did the agility ladder yeah. and I could finally like clearly explain it to you. Yeah. So talk about the agility ladder and what, what it oh was. my god so the agility ladder i'm i think i have the skill set there for it having grown up playing like soccer and whatever for x amount of years yeah so but this was the first time doing something like this in a while yeah and it's like the mind fuckery that happens so going one direction like going straight on into the ladder and then going right left right left right left right left right like that makes sense to me yes and your brain's like, then, got this. Yeah, and then going perpendicular to the ladder where you're shifting right to left or left to right and going front ways and doing the same fucking pattern, I went like full potato. Like yeah. I just, I couldn't get it. I, I had to slow down significantly to be able to hit that pattern every time Yeah. versus the other way where I could do it much fast, like probably twice as fast as that way or something. Right. Like, I like it a lot, but yeah. geez. <laughs> and it, and it, it's a weird feeling. Because yeah. you're like, you can say the pattern to yourself, like left, right, left, left, right, right. You yeah. know, like whatever it is. And I just told you when you were doing it, I said, we're just doing this for a warm up. So pick a pattern, commit to it yep. and do it there and back and yep. then change the pattern, go there and back. Right. And all you're trying to do is one, get your blood flowing, but two, try to get like your neurological connection, connectivity to your legs there and get mm -hmm. some like work on your agility. That's why it's called an agility ladder. Cause that's right. specifically what it's for. 
And so then I looked at you because I was just jumping mindlessly back and forth over that pole <laughs> doing my doing my work. Yeah. And um like you were like, oh, and I was like, body's not listening, is it? Yeah. You were like, no. And it was the first time I could really explain to you like what happens when I throw. Yeah. So if my knee hurts at all or feels weird, that's what happens in my run up. Yeah. I'm literally like, even though it's a run up that I already know when I'm like, this is what we're going to do. Like all of a sudden my legs are like, no, we're not. Yeah. And I told you like last year, I literally lost the ability to jump or run because my legs had just gone into full protection mode and it's bizarre to stand there. Yeah. With something like eight inches off the ground and be like, we're going to jump over this. And yeah. literally my body's like, nope. nope. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, because when we're jumping over that bar, like, is it even eight inches off the ground? No, probably not. Yeah. Like at, at one point, because I was like, I feel like I'm like, I get the the point of this. Like we're building up and yep. getting used to explosive power, even though it's like not a lot. It's still doing that. Right. But <laughs> as I'm doing the agility ladder. I hit the potato mode. You laughed at me because like, this is it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you were like, yeah, that for that same reason, I couldn't jump over this bar. Yes. And I was blown away. Yeah, like I like, didn't like oh. when I was thinking I couldn't jump for whatever, like not like <laughs> MJ, like trying to dunk or something, right. but not like yeah, it was that a bar. tiny amount. Yeah. 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 That was crazy. Like I, I couldn't jump over like eight minis tall. Yeah. Yeah. Cause my body was just like, nope. I was like, come on guys. And no. And then I just stand there. Um, so anyways, so I've battled over the last few years, like leg issues and, and whatever. And so like when I actually go to do stuff, like my body just plain and simple won't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this Friday was the first time and it was just this weird thing of like moving my left foot farther behind and then stepping. And for whatever reason, when that happened, it was the first time ever that I could like feel my legs pull in, everything come through. And then I threw this shot. And I wasn't trying to throw hard or anything like that, but I like literally it felt more like a full body throw. Yeah, I felt it like feel. ground up, go yeah. through my body and come out my hand. And yeah. I was like, holy shit. And I, like, yeah. instantly I was like, I got to tell Zach. Like, yeah. I was so excited. <laughs> so I did like four of them and, uh, and it was super cool. Right. And I was like, all right, cool. That is something. I'm not sure what it is, but that's something. Yeah. And then I did a little bit of the, a little bit of the, U, the Yuli thing. <laughs> yeah. And then I threw some forehands and like something clicked in my brain with like, all of a sudden I could have the kind of idea of how I throw a ball because I can throw a ball really well. Mm -hmm. And like I've spent all these years trying to transition my forehand into getting it to link in my brain where like throwing a Frisbee is like throwing a ball and then I can just mindlessly hit stuff. Yeah. And uh, for some reason that little Yuli like smack that, like it just clicked this thing in my brain and all of a sudden I'm like lacing forehands and I was like, this might've been the best day, you know, like ever. Like that workout was totally worth it. Yeah. Um, And then I played around at leagues and it went pretty well, but I was trying to fuck around with that like run up your walk up or whatever it is like changing like that thing and uh it was hit and miss but i had a few of them that were like so silky and just came out like dead flat dead straight just like boom how it needed to be how it's supposed to be yeah how i watch it on tv yeah (laughs) and i was like okay cool this is something so yeah i'd called you after and shared it with you and you were like yeah that makes sense yeah totally and it was funny too that you brought it up because i had a slight same thing or whatever with my sidearm as well because my sidearm's like hit or miss and i think a lot of it's attributed to the last time i ever raged out at a disc golf course where like that's the last time i will ever do that again yeah and like it hurt like i hurt my hand and i think just enough to be like we're not gonna do that again but like it wasn't bad enough to where like it's gonna impact it but um one of the things that helped me out was 
you giving me the advice to just splint it and take some ibuprofen before bed. Are you talking about with your wrist? Yeah. yeah. So and it was mainly with this tendon here. I could feel it and I didn't really tell until one time and it was like the round I played before I talked to you when you gave me the advice. I was throwing a sidearm and I had it come off like super clean how it needed to be. And I think it just pulled this so much that I could feel that. And I was like, oh, shit, it's like me throwing a sidearm. Like, there's a pain there that's, like, so minute that I'm not feeling it. But, like, my body's feeling yeah. it. And that's it. And then it got so bad that I was like, this is why. Like, it has to be why. It made It's one of those things, like, this makes too much sense to not be it. Or yeah. at least be the majority of it or whatever. And then I was talking to you about it. And you're like, yeah, the sheathing and, like, that the the thing that it slides through is yeah. like inflamed or could be or whatever so here's what you can do because like i was telling you i thought i had like a boxer's fracture and you're like i've had boxer's fractures you would fucking know if you, you had one i used to have some rage as a kid yeah. i had three yeah. boxer's fractures in my right hand yeah yeah so like, one of them real good <laughs> <laughs> so i did that i took your advice yeah splint it at night and yeah splint at night take yep. some ibuprofen i had like some liquid advil or whatever and then uh, I think it was like three nights in a row straight of doing it. It felt like significantly better. Yeah. And then like just I'll keep doing that here and there randomly just to keep it yeah, immobilized. Bay. Yeah. And yeah. at bay. And uh, recently, as I can like trust it more and really get into it, when I went out to firefighters with Dan and Kyle, I took the zones that I got from you. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm just going to throw a sidearm on like most of these holes and yeah. just see like what I can do. And like i don't know i was driving one time and i was like thinking about i was thinking about my sidearm and i was thinking about skipping rocks like i I can skip rocks pretty well and i can skip pretty much like anything like i I had a phase of yeah doing that shit yeah Yeah. (laughs) so like i was just thinking of where i'm trying to hit it when i'm trying to just like give it as much like if i'm trying to go for like a crazy long skip like where i'm trying to hit that from my hand in like that angle and then just incorporate that into there and within like the first th- two throws, is like this makes a lot of sense again. All of a sudden, I'm back to like the same feeling as before. Yeah. And then really getting into it, and then hole six, I threw like this green zone on an Anheuser, and I got it past the last tree in the fairway or whatever. So like I'm still probably sixty out or something right. like that. But, but like it's a solid with a zone right. like that far, I was like, fuck yeah, because it wasn't wobbly. It was super clean. Felt like I got everything into it, and everything that I was trying to go for, I was like nailing yeah. and i was like i was really pumped about it yeah because if you if you can that's 320 330 feet yeah right from from the pin to that because that hole's 368 feet so right. if you're 60 out you're about 300 320 yep. so if you did um yeah if you can do 300 and in with a zone yeah make your game real easy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it was, it, it was sick yeah <laughs> yeah so you're gonna be like, you know, uh, I am. I, there's somebody that's won a few world championships. That's their game plan. Yeah. You know, so they yeah. probably figured that Less out. Less zone, more meat. Yeah. <laughs> just meat. Just meat it up there. Uh, so anyways, so after that, I had talked to you after leagues because I was like super excited. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck yeah. And I get all, I'm crazy. So I get all like, you know, juiced up and then yeah. I'm trying to break down. But I came up with this idea that when I did that, it was the first time I felt because i wasn't trying to throw i was more trying to stretch as i threw Mm -hmm. and for some way it kind of changed the rhythm of my footwork and then it resulted in a connectivity of my body that i do not normally access and the throw like being more of what my goal has been for 10 years Mm -hmm. and so what i was thinking is when i'm trying to throw and when people that i teach or help or whatever are trying to throw 
you're almost always throwing i'm all, i'll just speak with me mm. i'm always throwing on this like energy that i think it's supposed to be to throw mm-hmm. far short whatever it is it's like instinct right like throw this frisbee far and from when i started till now it's changed a little bit but for the most part my like basic energy exchange with how i throw has been the same mm-hmm. and then i'm constantly trying to move the mechanics to make it more of what it should be but i'm still on that same energy i'm still on that same rhythm of my throw which then makes my arm come through too fast and all this other stuff and i'm just trying to throw it yeah you know? and i had kind of thought of the idea that like the actual person i'm listening to of how to throw a frisbee far is my instinct Mm-hmm. which is me when I started throwing backhand, yeah. which is somebody that doesn't know shit about throwing a backhand properly. Mm-hmm. And even as I move mechanics and do all this other stuff, the reality is, is the overlying um, like energy that's taking place or the overlying thing that's taking place. The biggest like influence on that is my brain's understanding of like, how I'm transferring energy onto this disc. And then I'm trying to get proper mechanics to match up with that energy exchange to the disc. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. It doesn't like I get better at it and I like I make improvements, but I'm not I'm not hitting the right thing. Yeah. So I told you that was the first time like I felt this connectivity. I felt this kind of like groove of like, oh, okay, like that's how I actually incorporate my lower body. And I've been trying for a long time to do that, even though I've had injuries and whatever. Like, I've been trying to feel that, and I haven't been able to. Yeah. So I was like, let's work on a way to, like, more kind of incorporate the proper rhythm of a throw instead of the mechanics of the throw. Mm -hmm. Because the mechanics are happening on that rhythm. So instead of trying to, like, just incorporate the mechanics into what I'm doing, let's just stop all that and work on the rhythm and see if the mechanics just kind of, like, flow into that. And the, the example that I gave to you of like, if you do a compound lift in weightlifting, right? Mm-hmm. So if you were to do a snatch, let's say, because we talked about snatch grip earlier yeah. today. So if you're going to do a snatch, yeah. right, you've got the bar down on the ground, your hand, if you don't know, snatch grip is really wide. Yeah. So to get a bar from a snatch, you're going from the ground at your feet up to over your head in one move, mm-hmm. right? So there is one path of, that that bar will take that you'll be able to actually lift real weight doing that. Mm-hmm. When it's lightweight, you can just take it and literally like muscle it off the ground and go, yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, you didn't. Yeah. Like, yes, I did. If you keep adding weight to the bar, you're going to hit a point where you can't just muscle it from here over your head. Yeah. And once you hit some amount of weight, you will feel that as you fire your back, fire your legs, your hips and all that to get the bar up, that the bar will actually hit this groove and you'll feel the motion of the bar. Mm-hmm. And then that is what makes you a good lifter at snatch a good snatcher let's say yeah (laughs) so it's your ability to find that groove that you apply maximum force onto the bar get the bar to travel in this specific way and then you move your body under the bar at a specific timing to catch it and then stand up gotcha so when you're learning how to do a snatch right like you're kind of going through it with the bar and someone's teaching you hopefully i don't know how many people that are at home like i'm going to teach myself how to snatch (laughs) Probably not many. I was thinking about it. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, eventually, like, you're, 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 somebody's trying to teach you, and you just don't fucking get it because the bar is too light. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I can just do this. And then, like, yeah. it eventually it's a point where you put enough weight on the bar that you 
are straining to do that and they're yelling at you. They're like, you're going to hurt yourself. And you're like, no, I got this. And then eventually you get the one time where you feel the weight and it's like really efficient. You're like, that was way easier than what I was trying to do. And you know, like I got it up. Yeah. Once you feel that and you know what it is, you are just replicating that in the future and you can feel when it's a little off and you can feel like, all right, well, I got a little over it or whatever it is. Um, so I was thinking of it in terms of like disc golf, like the trick is for me is to feel that rhythm, what I felt to feel that like connectivity on my throw and then move to adding power or incorporating a little bit farther of a reach back or whatever these like little mechanical adjustments I would have to make are. But the key is, is to hit that connectivity and to hit that like feeling of power coming from my feet out of my hand. Mm -hmm. Cause that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. So in order to do that, I need to reset the rhythm in my brain of what that energy exchange is and what I'm actually doing when I'm trying to throw. I'm not, ah, yeah. which is kind of what my brain does. It's like, yeah. oh, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, throw it hard. Yeah, so I, here we go. What are we doing? I don't know. I just, I got to throw it hard. We're going to throw it hard. Yeah. And I told you the other thing of like cracking a whip. I know people use cracking whip with throwing. I'm not meaning it in that term at all. But I'm saying if you go to crack a whip, right? Mm-hmm. I used to work with horses, so you have to crack a whip when you exercise them to keep them running in a circle. Yeah. When you crack a whip, the louder the crack, it's not because you're moving it faster forward and backward. Because if you take a whip and you just move it super fast forward and backward, there's no crack. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a rhythm to like get it to furl out, unfurl out, and then pulling it back at the end right as it starts to unfurl out and it makes the end pop. Yeah. And then the faster that you get it on that same rhythm, the louder that you can get it to crack. Yeah. It's not like I want it to crack louder, so I'm just going to go. Yeah. Because it's not going to do shit. <laughs> yeah. So there's people that can crack whip. There's people that can't. Mm-hmm. With the disc golf throw, my idea was like I haven't really been feeling that rhythm to get it to crack. I'm just moving the handle harder forward and backwards. And yeah. the reason why I'm not getting a connectivity on my throw is because I'm not, I, don't, I don't feel that thing to make it pop. Right. That makes sense. So then the idea yeah. today was... To go out with a metronome, <laughs> not a metrodome, which I thought it was, but a metronome on my phone. It was just funny when you were telling me all about it, you used both words pretty interchangeably. <laughs> my, my, my brain. I'm a, first of all, anybody that doesn't know me, I'm a terrible speller. I'm Are very, you really? Oh, horrible. Wow. I'm, I'm very like naturally gifted. I guess you're not as smart as I thought you were. Yeah. Dang. Very naturally gifted at like <laughs> math and science and things conceptual, but spelling specifically. What just random horrible. What's, what is your, what word is the bane of your existence? Is there one oh, specific? There, no, there's an it's entire just a basket of them. Yeah. It's, it's just everything. How do you even get by spelling your own name? Well, I, I've, I've learned it over time as oh. I forced it in there. <laughs> But uh, Anyways. no, I like that's why I don't do a lot of, of like written stuff because yeah. like you know my spelling's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so my idea was to like use a, a metronome uh, <laughs> app on my phone and then have the speaker there and just have like a rhythm. Yeah. And then slowly move through my footwork on like a slower rhythm and then a faster rhythm and a faster rhythm to find kind of what that baseline speed is that yeah. I can move through my and hitting the key points. Hitting like, the key points. Yeah. Step one, the first click. Left foot on the ground. Yep. Step two, second click, right foot out front. Step three, left foot behind. Step four, yep. foot hitting the ground, pull through and throw. Yeah. And then getting it to like, what is the baseline speed that like actually makes sense to where you're not just awkwardly moving. Yeah. Like a park. still frame or right. whatever. Yeah. 
So we went and we started really slow and it was super fucking awkward. It's just like, yeah, because that's how we started. And I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Yeah. Just to get that weird awkwardness because it's there's a purpose to it and it like it makes sense. Yes. Like it's very deliberate. Yes. You have to slow down to do this. Um, And I really like the idea because and I know we've talked before and I don't know why I didn't think of it as well, because I literally like just shy of saying we should try using a metronome. It was like this throw of like one, two, three, one, two, three, yeah. one, two, three, which is essentially like the same thing. Like there's a rhythm to it for a purpose Yeah. and like going out and doing it. We went before we did the podcast yep. to the field five minutes down the road and we were there for like 20 minutes, 20 minutes. and gained like a lot of knowledge <laughs> just from doing this. Yeah. It was like using the strap to hold my arm down. Yeah. Like all of a sudden the stuff that I don't understand and I can never get my body to do was like so easy to get it to do. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like, it's weird to think of, and I can't explain why. And if you're actually watching this and you want to put it in the comments, like, why? If you actually have an understanding of it, I'd really be interested to find out. But because I'm paying attention to the little beeps on the metronome, my brain is clear when I'm going through my run-up. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, like, changing my footwork, changing my run-up, changing where my foot plants, changing how my foot plants and all that stuff it seemed like I had an eternity to do it. Yeah. And my brain was totally clear. So I can literally like, as I'm doing my steps of my run up, like consciously put my foot here, put my hips there, do all this stuff. And I wasn't really concentrating on like the travel of my arm till like the last two. I was more just concentrating on getting those steps in the right place and kind of loading my body up a little yeah, bit. Because that's the important part from right. the ground up. Is which what, right. <laughs> so we're figuring out like, let's yeah. start from the bottom. Yeah. But as we were doing that, Like, it just seemed like I had so much time, Mm -hmm. you know, like my brain was clear and I could plant my right foot, my last step right where I wanted to and pull through. And all of a sudden, like all the throws we did, I felt a connectivity from the ground out of my hand. I was throwing like 60, 70%. Like I wasn't trying to like really throw it. I'm more just trying to get on that axis and feel that thing. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I was like kind of laughing and I just like throw it. And then it was like adjust the stuff that I haven't been adjusting. Like, don't look at my disc because it's flying. Like, just look down over here. And like, you're welcome. Yeah. Which, you, which <laughs> yeah. you've told me before. And I appreciate. Yeah. And I know I should do. I just forget. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it's like awkward to do it because I'm like thinking about a bunch of stuff. But then even the first time where it's like, all right, look here so I don't move my head and just move on this like whatever, this rhythm of this thing. Like I look down, I throw the disc and then I look up and it was just dead fucking straight dead fucking flat exactly how you wanted it exactly how i want to throw yeah and i was like wow and it felt so much better on my body yeah. than my normal throw does. yeah and it legitimately looked like some of the best throws i've ever seen you do that didn't look like flaily or whatever like it looked like power transfer even though you're not trying to generate all this power like it looks like it starts here and it all goes this way it's yes. not like i've built up a hundred power and then I get here and then it's there's 70 power that remains. So yeah. there's like 30 that just kind of your body ate up yeah. just because. Yeah. And my foot, my left foot like came through, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I wasn't even, I'm not even thinking about that stuff, but like my left foot like swung around and came through and like all of my <laughs> shots came out like clean and felt yeah. really good. And I wasn't really trying to like throw it. We were just going through it. So we had ended at however many beats per minute. I think it was 85. I was, gonna, I was going to keep that secret. Oh. But that's fine. So we ended at 85 beats <laughs> per minute. And, uh, I, can, I can bleep it out no, so fine. nobody will ever So we know. ended at <laughs> beats per minute. And in doing that, 
it's a slow as fuck run up. It's yeah. not like robotic where you're just doing steps. Like I'm actually moving the entire time, but in no way am I like running up. Yeah. And in doing that, the last two, I actually was like, all right, I'm actually going to load my, my wrist up as I throw. I'm still not like trying to kill it, but I'm like, I'm just going to load my wrist up. So when I'm coming through, I'm actually like, bringing my elbow first and then like mm-hmm. whatever. And those, the two of them, one was like 355, let's say. And the other one was like 365 or something for those yeah. two. And I throw a fairway driver like 360, 370 feet. Yeah. Like a full throw when mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to go. Yeah. And I do it. <laughs> yeah. And those were like, I wasn't even really trying to throw it. No, it was just clean transfer Smooth. into it. Yeah. Because even when you brought out your rangefinder from where we were throwing to the tree and I was, and my first instinct was like, it's not that far. Cause even when I was doing this, I was like, I am probably putting like, 20 30 percent like knowingly into this because i'm not i'm trying to get my foot sideways yeah like and just be comfortable there because i know it's there it's just i like you and i guess dan as well like not trying to blow out my legs even though i have not and you have like (laughs) these chunk tree legs that just seem like they could take a car crash and they would be fine which is weird you're like oh my legs because i literally think like if a car hit you if it's bumper hit your legs, like the car would be fucked, and you'd be like, "Hey, man, I'm walking here." Like, what's your fucking deal? But I got pinched up. This reminds me. I was <laughs> when I lived in Texas. I was riding my bike home. Yeah. And this was like a Saturday night. So, the, <laughs> in front of a Taco Bell of all places. To Shocking. It's <laughs> a Taco Bell. So much has changed. A road, and then a couple of like small like mom and pop businesses. As I'm going across this road, like there's a car stopped. So I'm like, I'm good to go. They're just letting me go. And I go and I get in front of them and they just drive right into me. Yeah. And they prop me up on my leg. I'm My leg is pinched between my bike, the pedal and the car. Yeah. And I'm just like, hey, are we good here? Like, what's going on? What are you guys doing? Like, yeah. I totally forgot about it until you mentioned that. So, yeah. They're just like, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I didn't see you. Oh, my and God. You like, fucked up my car. <laughs> get your legs away from us. I didn't see you. It was like, really? Yeah. Like, I'm right here. Obviously, I'm right here. <laughs> Duh. Anyways. Yeah. So you you subconsciously are also worried about your legs exploding. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know why or whatever, but when we did the workout when we were doing I don't know what they're called, but we're doing like side shuffles or whatever. Yeah. And to do those more comfortably for me, I actually had to bring my toes in so my feet were perpendicular to the ground instead of like in squats you want the toes pointed out. It depends on your anatomy, but yeah. yes. Yeah. So for this, it was like I was way more comfortable, way more agile if they were sideways. Yeah. And I was just like kind of laughing in at myself because it's like this is what my foot needs to do when I'm throwing. Right. And so I'm really trying to focus on that there. And then when I throw in my basement, my foot is definitely more sideways. But then when I go like outside for whatever reason, yeah. it's like my feet are different. I put on different feet for today. Yeah. Uh my outside feet, I guess. And as I go These to are my plant competitive this way, feet. and I think your foot does the same thing as like that it's coming down at the right angle. Like if it landed like this on the ground, good. Yeah. Slowly rotates to like, and then it's like power is all gone. Yeah. Because now your lower half is like, it just exists. Yep. And even in explaining that to Dan, it's like, if we just stand here, here and you just move like side to side, you can feel your hips loaded. But as soon as you're like, out a little yep. it's all gone like every fucking piece of it at least for me it is and really focusing on that there was just hilarious and to slow it down to like the metronome really allowed me to just all right left right 
cross and then put foot like this here yeah throw yeah and so like it wasn't perfect but the times where i was getting it it was just like this is hilarious because again like 20 30 percent power it feels like because i'm focusing solely on that and i'm like probably 30 feet short of that tree or something yeah it's like dumb again so and then you come out with a rangefinder, and I'm, my first instinct was like it's 250 or whatever the hell i said and you're like you want to try again yeah <laughs> i was like hold on so i took like a, i reassessed it and i was like 345 and yeah it was like 366 to that tree it's yeah like, oh, okay yeah but also i see what you're getting at like this is we're getting there with relative ease yeah just because we're able to transfer things so much better in yeah. this short period of time yeah i'm, th I'm throwing an excel yeah. With not a lot yeah. of power which before this you're saying like full on. Yeah, like getting... I, I could throw a three sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Like and this I... you're slowing way down, right? Being more deliberate and getting the same distance. Yeah, and three sixty yeah. almost just dead flat the whole way to the ground. Yep. Yeah. Not yeah. like no crazy S shot, not way up in there trying to ride the wind. Just right. flat. Yep. Straight there. Just straight there, Boom. land on the ground, three sixty. I was yeah. like, Okay, cool. So then if I then then the thought process is I'm gonna do that more. It's cool because now the next time I go out to do it, I'll just start at the 85 beats per minute. Yeah. Um, and I can start right where I left off in terms of like just practicing that footwork and get and like cementing that rhythm into my brain and maybe moving up like a little bit mm -hmm. to a number that I will never share. Um, <laughs> and getting it to like... We're here to help. And getting it to the... I actually, you've had enough. <laughs> um, and getting it to the actual number that I think is my like drive and yeah. committing to that like this is going to be the rhythm of my drive and then sticking to that and then trying to get to more and more kind of like a load up and actually like really trying to do it keep my head here whatever and just get to that rhythm but then every time i practice i feel like i can practice the exact same mm -hmm. and then slowly move through like getting that really dialed in and then adding a little bit to it and then hopefully like that bottom part just becomes super smooth muscle memory and then i can get to like my arm travel you know what i mean and then really get into like finer details of like what i'm doing there and then eventually hopefully get the whole thing just kind of muscle memory in. so yeah. then what i was talking to you about end goal is like when i'm on the course and i'm going up to the pad all i'm thinking of is that rhythm in my head yeah. of like boop 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 yeah boop. which i think is going to be really good um like talking about it on the way here and just talking about it, like just thinking about it in my own head, it's like it's really it drowns out everything else because it's you have another thing for your checklist, but your like the rhythm is your checklist yeah. essentially. So it's I see it as when you step up onto the pad, you assess like what you want to throw, like disc and shot wise, or you figure out the shot you want to throw, right? Find out the disc that you want to throw, and then you get into this rhythm, yeah, because it's like all right to do this, I got to do this. Now it's just one, two, three, one, two, three, and you're doing one, two, three, four, boom. And you don't have to like, well, I, I don't want to shank it. I don't want to go too left. I don't want to go too right. Look out for this I tree. Right. This, that, the other thing, because once that starts happening, that's where all the craziness happens as to where this is a very clear, concise right. thing to do. And I think it's just beneficial entirely. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that the 20 minutes we spent on it today um, was the first time, and I've, like the stupid thing right so we bought that thing to put to hold my arm down yeah right so fifteen dollars yeah yeah and then we went and played two rounds with that and i did something that i've spent like so much time and contraptions that i've personally made for like three years and it was over it was like 15 no, <laughs> no. <laughs> and it was like 15 minutes and i was like okay cool 
Like that's dumb. But yeah. that's but that's done. And then I've worked on my front my last step for two years in the basement with the radar gun, with the camera, like specifically just working on where this last step is gonna be. I made red marks on the floor and I'm just gonna put my feet on those things and whatever. But the reality is is the problem was like the energy in my head or the rhythm in my head or whatever it was, like my brain is somewhere else doing something else, concentrate on something else, focus on focusing on manifesting something else during that last step. And it's too busy mm -hmm. to be able to like work on that plant. So then I would have like a whole bunch of throws and some of them I'd get that plant. Some I wouldn't, some I'd forget to work on that plant, even though the only thing I'm thinking about when I'm running up is like plant. Yeah. <laughs> and today every throw is able to be like, this is where I want my last step to be Yeah. with like so much time to do it and such a clear head while I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it also, super helped me with that idea of like plant and then pull yeah instead of my biggest problem is this foot is over here i've already taken my legs completely out of it and while this foot's coming down my arm's coming through yep or today it was like this foot's actually coming down right here it's on the ground and then my pull through is happening mm -hmm. and then it was like super smooth not as much effort just as far as i normally do with my oh yeah you know and that was cool yeah it was awesome yeah 20 minutes of awesome for us. <laughs> yeah, super cool. Definitely yeah. worthwhile. And we got the ladies. Oh, kind of. Where? <laughs> oh, yeah, those ladies at the park. Can we use this picnic table? We know why you're really out yeah. here. They just wanted to watch us throw. Yeah. <laughs> Late 60s, beat up. That's what we're looking for. We're right it. there. Got the, got the ladies. Uh, no. So the, <laughs> other, the other thing that I had, I'm not going to really go into my tournament too much other than um, the takeaway. Yeah. So I went to my buddy Zach's wedding, which was beautiful. It mm -hmm. was fantastic in Lake Michigan, not the Lake Michigan. There's a town Lake Michigan, which I didn't know. Mm. But I went out there on Saturday, did the wedding, hung out, got to see some old friends, talked to some people. It was super cool. Yeah. I had a great awesome. time. Super relaxing, super fun. Played some cornhole, lost. The, the boards weren't square. There were some uh, issues. Yeah, uh, sun but, was in your eyes. But Tommy totally took me down, played a great game. Him, yeah. Him and his fiance um super fun people they're great yeah, yeah but they they took us down <laughs> they took us, I, li I really like his fiance because she talks a lot of shit she's yeah. really competitive and she can she's got thick enough skin that you can get her back which yeah. i like um and uh megan was my partner ziggy's girlfriend was my partner she yeah. put in a real effort she's a competitor yeah neither one of us had the skill set we needed and we lost <laughs> it wasn't even close but anyways but um, you had the heart <laughs> we had the heart we had the heart of a champion so anyways i go to sleep quote unquote um they had a place for me to sleep so i was like cool i was like super happy about it i'm super easy going and i had already made up in my mind when i went to the wedding that i'm probably going to be tired for the tournament mm -hmm. but there's bigger things in life than a seat here yeah yeah <laughs> my buddy's wedding who i've been friends yeah. with for a long time and is like legitimately one of my best friends and i've really gotten to be good friends with his fiance who i love to death yeah um things are more important let's keep it in perspective right so right. i was like well i'll probably be tired tomorrow but I had a little bit of a hard time falling asleep. One, because I was super excited. It was a fun night. I had drank a bang and some other stuff. Oh, um, living it up. And where I was sleeping was kind of in the middle of the action. Right? <laughs> so whatever, I put on my uh, AirPods. I listened to some Joe Rogan. And then I was listening to like, I watched uh, the, the Jomez show, like the Jomez podcast that I hadn't seen. And yeah, whatever. And I was just hanging out. And I was like, well, even if I don't sleep, I'm just going to lay here and relax. And I'll eventually fall asleep and whatever it is. So I did. I fell asleep probably like 2.30, 2.45, something like that. I had to get up at 6. Yeah. It was an hour and a half away. I checked on my phone before I went to sleep. Um, and I had Will check to double check like yeah. on the U-Disc, like how far is the course from here or whatever. It's an hour and a half. I was like, cool. 
Yeah. Get up at six o'clock in the morning, woke up. I had gotten like a couple hours of sleep in reality because I, I kept getting woken up by some other stuff. But, uh, but anyways, so I get in my truck. I got all my stuff. I forgot one of my AirPods on the futon because I thought in my like sleepiness that I'd put it back in the case, but I didn't. Anyways, Will grabbed it for me. I didn't even realize that I left it there, but Will grabbed it for me, which is key because losing yeah. one AirPod, you might as well just go fuck Dang. yourself. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I get up. And the reception out there is kind of shitty, especially like once I was ready in my truck driving. Because I knew like I had to go down to this dirt road, make a right, go down here. And then when I hit pavement, go left. I know that much. So when I get to the pavement and go left, I'm trying to pull it up on U-Disc. And my U-Disc isn't like cooperating. Like there's like a shitty signal, whatever it is. So then I go to use Siri and just be like, Siri, how do I get to Otisville, Michigan? And then I figure once I get close, we've been there enough times, like I'll know how to get there. Siri kept like looking for directions, but wasn't accessing directions. Yeah. So then I went to like the tournament page on disc golf scene, clicked on, I don't know why disc golf scene worked, but it did clicked on Hans Hideaway and then hit directions, give me directions and then went. So I know direction. <laughs> then went. I know from where I'm at, I need to go Southeast. So the directions are not highways. It's like, take this County road, take this thing, do this. And I'm like, just driving down these like two lane highways all over the place. And like half the time I'm kind of going North. Yeah, And I'm looking at it, but the directions it gave me were an hour and a half away. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. So I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving. And then I'm like, I don't think this is right. Like, yeah. I, I kind of keep going north. Like, I'm going northeast, then I'm going east. Then, like, the road will bend, so I'm going southeast. But then it'll quickly, like, take me somewhere else, and I'm going northeast. And I'm like, this seems off. Um, but I have no signal. Like, I can't, I can't get Siri to work again. Like, I keep putting in U-Disc, and it won't pull anything up. And... Whatever the fuck it is. So I'm finally like 10 minutes away from the course. And I'm looking around and I'm like, this doesn't seem right at all. And then I come out of wherever the hell I'm at. All of a sudden I have three bars and I'm like, sweet. So I just go right and I'm like, how do I get to Otisville, Michigan? Pulls up directions. Hour and a half away. I'm an hour and a half away. (laughs) It's 7.30 in the morning. Check-in ends at 9. I'm an hour and a half away. And I'm in West Branch, Michigan. And I was like, what the fuck? So at that point, I had eaten dinner at 7 o'clock the night before yeah. at the wedding. And I was like, I'm not even going to have time to like grab a protein bar or anything. Like I'm just going to go straight into the tournament, whatever it is. So I get there at 8.53. Um, I had texted Noah. And I got there at 8.53, went over, checked in, warmed up a little bit, started the tournament. Started the tournament. I played with <laughs> DJ, RC, and Brandon Oleski. And they're a great card. I could not have asked for a better card. We had a great fucking time. Even when people had bad shots, it was still like... I really get along with all those guys and I was like super happy to play with them and it was awesome. Yeah. I got through. My goal was to shoot 53 or better. So I got through the first 15 holes and I'm pretty good. I'm like, all right, I got a three on (laughs) three on 10 and I'd hit a bunch of birdies and I was like the only four I took, I think at that, but maybe I took two fours, but I took one four on three. I laid up and then pulled the upshot and then missed the putt and took a four. So I was like, well, I took a four either way. Yeah. Not as manly as going for it, but I still got the four. Fuck it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to wait on a couple holes, but then inevitably when I got to 16, I just hit the wall. Yeah. Like I just, <laughs> dude, I had nothing left. I was like, like, and I know it's, it's good to eat before a tournament. And I know like being tired isn't a good idea. But I don't think I've really dealt with... Like, when we went out there to play the practice rounds, we were starving the second round. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And I still shot whatever, 53 or whatever it is that we shot. Um, yeah, I so shot... So, the it. combined hunger 
and fatigue. sleep sleepless. I, I think it was mostly the <laughs> hunger though, because I was like really hungry, and I was just like you know, like I'm smoking cigarettes because I'm just dealing with the hunger. I'm like the cigarette will make the hunger go away. Yeah, and it worked for a while, but then yeah. literally we got to 16, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so hungry. Yeah, your body's like, fuck this. Yeah. I know this isn't food. <laughs> I, I know it's not food, and yeah. uh, I got kind of lightheaded <laughs> and whatever, and I was like, I'll be fine, and then I wasn't fine, <laughs> and I went like four on how six. long after you thought you were fine that you were like i'm not fine one hole <laughs> it was one hole because i hit a pretty tricky uphill putt on 14 okay. and then 15's the bowling ball hole yep pretty tricky putt on 14 decent drive to that like whatever putt on fi- on 15 that i do the heiser shot to the pot yep my putt was pretty good just didn't make it which i've never to the whole my life <laughs> tap in for three and i was like cool <laughs> like we're on pace but when i got to 15 like the walk from 14 to 15 is like a little bit of a walk you walk up the side of that one hole then you go into the woods you weave through and you get to the t-pad and i remember as i was pulling the cart to the t-pad and then said i was like oh my god i'm hungry yeah and i was like i only got four holes left like we're gonna be fine through that hole put it out and then we waited on the next hole for a minute and we were waiting on that hall. It was like, we're not going to be fine. I just got like kind of lightheaded. We're sinking. <laughs> I got kind of lightheaded. Things got a little foggy. I threw that shot. I never throw a good shot on there, but whatever. Um, the first time I played it, I threw a sweet shot. Since then, I've never thrown a good shot. Nice. Threw it off to the side. Went to throw a forehand shot up. It dug in. Threw an up shot. Took a four on it. I seemed to four it all the time. I was like, oh, whatever. That's a four. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. So then I'm still like, I still got a pretty decent round going. Like I, I had no idea what my score was, but I was like, I still might be able to throw a 53. Like I'm, I'm in that realm. Yeah. Like we're good. Like you're on pace for that. Still. I'm on pace if, for that. Yeah. Right. And I'm thinking 17 or 18, I'll birdie one of them. Right. And then the trick is just getting the three on one. Cause I seem to have like a 70, 30 with the four on one. But yeah. I was like, I just need to get the three today. <laughs> yeah. And so we get to the 17. I throw the drive just so I want to throw the drive, but I threw the meteor instead of the buzz SS. Cause mm-hmm. I was trying to get greedy and like run it mm-hmm. that shot. If you've never thrown it, like the uh, idea that you're standing there on the pad, like I'm going to run this is really ridiculous. Cause yeah. you're, cause it's just on top of a hill and it drops off basically every which way. Yeah, and you're just yeah. throwing up a hill yeah. through a bunch of trees. Yep. So there's not really like a line yeah. of like, I'm gonna, I mean, like you have a line in your head, but you're, you're really just trying to hit the two-dimensional plane in front of you off the tee pad. And, yeah. then, and then hope it floats through the line that you're right. half-seeing-ish. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So there's no like, you know, you're not looking at a basket <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. So I threw the meteor instead of throwing the buzz SS because I was thinking like, it's going to get around that little skinny tree and then run it, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm thinking this. And... Uh, <laughs> but are you doing it? <laughs> so I throw it, hit the line I was trying to hit off the tee pad, got mm-hmm. the disc out. I was like, cool. And then it just, it, it fades a little bit more than the SS. Mm-hmm. So it goes out, fades over. I hit the little skinny, the real skinny tree. Yeah. That seems almost like a cartoon tree uh, in the middle of the fairway. It hit that and then dropped down. And I was like, all right, cool. Right? Like I'm not in the shit on the left. I'm not in the shit on the right. It's an easy up. Take the par. We'll go on the 18 and I'm going to fucking birdie 18. Right? Yeah. So <clears throat> from there, I do the up shot, but I got a little bit of that, like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to put this in <laughs> on the up shot, which was so unnecessary. Yeah. But I was like, I'm going to give it a bit. This is not the hole. To do I'm going to give it a bit. Okay. So I went to go play the hyzer in towards the basket. And as I came in, it like clipped off a tree and then went off the backside of the hill. So I was at the bottom of the hill, almost completely at the bottom of the hill on the backside, but still straight up the hill straddle putt. And yeah. I was like, I'm pretty good at these. Like, I'll be good put the putt up for three just caught the band like this much too high 
caught the band, hit the ground, and then rolled literally like 20 feet past me. Like yeah. jumped over a log. It kicked this. Really? Yeah, it kicked oh this God. small kid out of the way. <laughs> like it was crazy. So I watched it like bounce yeah. and then like bounce up over this log and then bounce up over this How other thing. How are you thing. doing that? It was like 20 feet behind me. And I was like, I'm not going to make this one either. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked over. And at that point, like my intern. I'm pretty good at these. To, not a chance well, in hell. N- now, <laughs> like, and I'm going to be gun shy. So I walk over and uh, I know that the hunger is real. I know for sure that the hunger is like a real thing. And I'm there. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. And I can't concentrate. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I need to make this. And like my inner monologue, like, you're, you're not going to make this. And then like, as I'm trying to line up, up for the pot, my body's like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> and I'm trying to dial in and I can't. And I'm laughing. Yeah. Right. Because it's like life happens. Right. Yeah. Like it is what it is. So I like stand there for the pot and I'm like. I need to make this. And like, I can't get any part of my brain to dial into this. Like the chains look blurry. I'm like, all right. So all I can really get into my brain is make sure you put enough on it to get up the hill because Mm -hmm. I'm all the way down on the hill. And I know I'm like fatigued and my body's not really responding. So I stand there and I put it and I just put it right over it. So I had to drop in for the five and I was like, cool, there's a five. (laughs) And I was like, well, that happened. And then at that point I was like, what are you going to do? Dude, like, what are you going to do? You knew you were going to be fucking hungry. You know, you're tired. Like, you can overcome adversity. And so I'm like yeah. breaking myself down. I'm like, come on, pussy. Yeah. You're going to make this 18 or what? <laughs> and uh, so we get up to 18. I'm obviously last on the pad. And uh, I early release it. But it like Millennium Falcons, like through the left side. And I get like almost all the way up to the top. But I'm like behind all these crazy bushes. I'm basically where RC was last tournament that I played. Mm-hmm. And uh, all I have is like a standstill Annie flex with my zone to try to like push it through these branches and hope that it falls out and just fades left and then I have a decent putt. Did that. It's like 20 feet from the basket. Do the putt. Didn't have enough on it, but I hit the right spot. Yeah. But it's uphill and it's kind of windy, so it like hit the right spot. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, pussy. And it just pushed it right out. <laughs> and it like looked like it was in. And then I was like, you don't deserve this. And it just threw me to the ground. And I was like, meh, meh. <laughs> And so I took it, and then I put it in. Took a four there, and I was like, okay. And I was like, gotta Sweet. get, gotta get the three on one. I had already told them because they were like looking at me like, wow, man, you were shooting really well, and you've really turned to hot garbage. And yeah. I was like, I'm so hungry, I just want to be done. Yeah. And uh, so I went to one, and I was like, we have a big headwind, so I'm like, I'll throw the Zeus and like just make sure I get it over. And I yeah. threw it 250 feet. <laughs> And hit the ground and I was like, oh God, I am really hungry. So then the next one, I'm like, I'm going to throw the Zeus again on a big hyzer and get it up there. Just threw it right in the ground, 150 feet in front of me. And then whatever. I got lucky on my next shot. I threw the, the Rocco and he got up there. And I took a four. And so I was five over for the last four holes. <laughs> and I was like, that didn't go the way I wanted it to. Uh, Finished with a 58, which was fine. Yeah. And then uh, I feverishly left and went to Subway and eight. <laughs> and then the second round went the way that it went. I did the opposite. I just finished really strong and played like totally asleep for the first yeah. four, 14 holes for another 58 but i got my vengeance <laughs> and it was funny because i was looking at it and i was like i was what i think i was at i was gonna like if i parred out i was gonna shoot a 61 mm-hmm. with not very many holes left we had 16 17 18 and one yeah and two yeah, yeah we yeah. had five holes left and i was like seven over yeah and i was like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and i was like i was in a good mood and at that point i was like you know like i'm obviously paying the taxes for like i mean i was in a food coma the first half of the round because i hadn't eaten yeah. in like almost 24 hours at that point like it was like 18 19 hours and then i put you know a whole 12 inch sub into me and my, bo- 
and my body was like Ugh. and like i drank a bang it didn't even touch it i was like oh so oh whatever so then i was like all right right now if i par out it's gonna be a, and that's with the three on one i was yeah. like if i par out i'm gonna be at 61 and i was like i really don't want to embarrass myself like yeah. that not that shooting a 61 is embarrassing but for me i played that course enough that i was like yeah. and then like i just snapped too and like took the three on 16 birdied 17 birdied 18 got the three on one birdied two and finished yeah and this started on uh a putt or whatever you're just like i'm gonna will this in or what? no i, I did i did it like ha- like the one on 17 second round oh, okay because okay, i had okay. the exact same putt that i yeah. missed the first round <laughs> and i was like this is going in yeah. and i smashed it and then i had like a 35 40 footer directly at ob on hole one with a with a That's headwind right. and i was like yeah. I'm shooting a 58. Yeah. Like, I'm not <laughs> this sh- is happening. I'm not shooting worse than last round. And like, just like, I was like, this is going. And I yeah, just, it was going in no matter what. Yeah. It's like, it yeah. didn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Like I could have fallen all the way to the ground like you. And I still would have made the pot. But as I smashed that one. And then two, I put like eight feet from the pin and, and took the birdie. And I was like, yes, 58. Got yeah. it. I can, I can get in my car. I can go home. I can eat, sleep and just like move on and be like, whatever nailed it learn something you know is yeah. what it is next time i'll always have protein bars in my car and i will print out goddamn directions if i have to you yeah. know like whatever so it'll never happen again i don't think and, and i was like well you know is what it is i had a great time both cards that i played on were fucking phenomenal yeah and it was, did it rain at all no nice no rain at all i didn't get to use the the rain set or anything Dang. like that but uh yeah so it was because you were ready is why it didn't rain because that's how physics works or whatever. Yeah, science. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So if you're going to play a tournament, make sure you eat and get <laughs> sleep. So it's the second tournament in a row that I didn't really sleep beforehand. So next weekend, I have two tournaments. Yeah. So Friday night, I'm like calling it a day. I don't care if I have to like get a hotel room. Like I'm, I'm going to bed early on Friday and yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it this weekend and really we'll talk about it and see how the results are yielded. Yeah. I'm sure something else will come up, but whatever. <laughs> Whatever. You know, it's all learning. It's all the twenty twenty <laughs> yeah. season is just it's a learning year. So. Yeah, of stuff and things. Yeah. So hopefully I can do some work with the metronome and uh and kind of dial in my footwork to be like super confident, comfortable and secure with it. And then next turn the next two tournaments I play, like I can kind of launch off of that and see how that goes. That'll be sweet. And that'll be like super cool. Super fun and interesting. Yeah. To be well rested, well fed. Yeah. Have some stuff dialed in. Yeah, have a game plan. <laughs> Don't have uh, going on in your head right. while you're throwing. Play, hopefully, play courses I'm comfortable with. Yeah, you know, get all that stuff going on. Because it's Indy and Hudson. Yeah, Indy. Two different tournaments. Yeah, like ones at Indy, ones at Hudson. Yeah, ones at yeah. Indy on Saturday. I think I just try to play at least one tournament a year at Indy because yeah. I really like Indy and I like competing there because like shit can go down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Indy is one of those courses that like if you have it dialed in, you can go out there and really do some stuff. And if you don't it can fall apart. Yeah. So, I like India a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I made up five strokes last year in a tournament second round to win. Really? Yeah. But, sure. Which was awesome. It was my favorite win I had last year. Yeah. Um, which is cool. I shot like 1011 or something and, and came from behind. On le- I was on lead card, but I was mm-hmm. still like down five. So yeah. I came like all the way back and won, which was cool. Who again? Who was it doesn't the- matter. I don't want to get into it. Okay. Fine. But uh, <laughs> someone, someone that I battled with all year, Okay. And I gained a lot of respect for them as a person and their game. And I had so much fun playing with them because we ended up on so many cards throughout the year. 
and uh that was the one where like i caught him and then like he smoked me at some other tournament and it was like all right dude game on we're gonna do this so i don't know if he'll be there at indy or not but uh yeah he's he's one of my favorite people to play against i really like it he'll, he's he's a positive guy but he'll also throw some shit at you too like he'll yeah. talk some shit which i like uh the only thing is like sometimes he just gets down on himself and then it's kind of a bummer you know he's, yeah. been, he's been playing a really long time i've been playing a really long time and so when shit starts going bad um he starts hitting in his head that he's already peaked and like, mm. he's on like the slow descent to like eventually having to play masters. Yeah. Cause I think he's already 40 or older. I don't know, but okay. I think he's kind of like in his head. He's like, it's not, I'm not as good as I used to be. So he gets frustrated with that. So do the thing I always fall back on like Johnny McRae. <laughs> yeah. Dude, watching him play in person is like, he can huck those fuckers like yeah. he can still do it and he like at eureka like yeah. he's throwing all the shots that you need to throw and that's like a boomery course yeah where distance does help and like he's clearing baseball field like getting himself into putting position and all that and this dude's like 54 or something like that yeah yeah but with johnny one thing that i wonder and one thing um that i'm curious about is like so he was a baseball player Soft, softball his, player he was he was history i know that he was something and that's why he turbo putts because his thing was mm. like i transitioned into disc golf from x and okay. I, don't, I don't know if like he was like a semi-pro or pro like softball player if that's even a thing or if he played like collegiate baseball or something but i know that he had an athletic career before disc golf gotcha and then that's why the turbo putt makes sense to him he's like because it's so much more like what i'm used to right and i feel accurate with it so he has the pedigree that we've talked about before like he understands the process of progress he understands competing like all those things he's bringing into the sport and then it's literally just using all the tools you have to learn a new sport gotcha. which i find it much more much easier to do than people who are just like coming into disc golf like oh i want to play new. disc golf right yeah so he has that but the thing that i wonder about with him is he got lyme disease he has lyme disease right because lyme disease can stay with you forever yeah um so i wonder if he has been better at body maintenance health maintenance more aware of all of the things that go into his body to preserve to preserve his career than he would have been if he never got lyme disease mm. because being 54 and being able to huck those discs and do all those movements yeah. and do all that stuff um is because he has put in a lot of time and energy to learning how to supplement his body what his body needs to be able to to perform and like really dedicating himself to do that. Yeah. Had he not gotten Lyme disease, would he have made that adjustment? Right. Because there's other people. Would that, he still be doing what he can do right now? Right. Yeah. Right. Because there's plenty of people like as they get older, they just can't do it anymore. And then they're like, fuck right. it. Yeah. Right. Because they're like, <laughs> they're like, I'm just too old. Where yeah. in reality, like if five years before they got too old, they had made the adjustment and started like really supplementing their body, doing the stretches, doing the exercises, doing all that stuff to keep their body in good shape to do it. Yeah. They would have gone longer. Yeah. Then you could be like, uh, guy, who's the crazy guy on Rogan? Who's like 50 something, whatever. And he just runs everywhere. I don't know. Ah, uh, God, I can't remember, but he's like some, he, he's a guy who used to be just like a slob of a human. Are oh, you talking about David Goggins? Yeah. He's not 50 something. He's in no? his forties. Okay. Yeah gotcha yeah but even still like same principle like slab of gross i guess i don't know and then into this there's people like that i don't think david yeah. goggins is the example david goggins if you don't know him look him up he is one of my favorite humans on earth 
Yeah. David Goggins is more of I refuse to accept anything than my will to be my reality. Mm-hmm. So he is not the best example because he will literally. But I thought this came at like as a eureka moment as to where before, like if this milestone in life. Yes. I thought before where he's at now, this area in his life, yeah. he was like. Less than this, ideal. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And then he hit this milestone and then was now this person who's like. Yes. Pure will of power. Yes. yes. Okay. So what I'm saying was true. But he, yeah. no, because I'm going to tell you why not. <laughs> okay. Because David Goggins more of hit a thing of like, fuck this, I'm sick of being a bitch. Yeah. And I'm going to be a fucking loser unless I turn this around. So the reality is, is like, I'm not going to let my brain tell me no ever again. Mm-hmm. So if I want to do something, regardless of what my brain says, we're fucking doing it. And yeah. I'm going to end this conversation now. Yeah. So like I always tell you, like if something in my body hurts, a lot of the time I'll just go right after it. Yeah. Because like I want it to learn that it's vocalizing of like pain or discomfort or whatever. Like it's just falling on deaf ears. Yeah. Right. So like I don't give a fuck. Yeah. What like you have to say. Yeah. So if you if you bitch yeah. and moan and whine, I want the candy bar. I want the candy bar. I want the candy bar. And like I give you the candy bar. The next time you want a candy bar, you're going to bitch and moan and whine. If you bitch and moan and whine and then I just buy a candy bar and I eat it in front of you and I'm like, <laughs> you're never getting a fucking candy bar. Then eventually like the kid's going to learn like whatever I say, like he's not going to give me a candy bar. Yeah. So I do that sometimes with my body, right? Yeah. Like something will start hurting and I'm like, whatever, bro. Under the idea that like eventually like it'll just stop bitching and moaning. Yeah. Right. And so David Goggins is that human being to the like furthest extent. So he like ran a hundred mile race and like broke a bunch of bones in his feet during the race. No prep, no like (laughs) stuff that you need to run a hundred mile race. He just ran it. Yeah. Finished the race with like a vicious pissing blood kidney infection, ridiculously like broken up feet. Yeah. And like just all fucked up from it. (laughs) So then he went like healed up and was like, I'm going to do that again. Yeah. Right. Here we go. So that's him. <laughs> so I'd say like yeah. it's yes, he is going to accomplish the things that he wants to accomplish, but it's not over time he's like morphed into like being better to his body and being better to like supplement himself and give his body everything that he needs to be able to do the stuff that he wants to do. But he is very much and he has dealt with like plenty of injuries because it's more of like whether my body gives out or not, I'm fucking doing this. Yeah. And that's kind of his big thing. So like you can either do what you want to do or you can be a bitch. Yeah. And his isn't like, I'm going to make sure that I'm in a position to be able to do what I want to do. His is I'm going to do whatever the fuck it is that I want to do just because I refuse to not do it. Right. So it's not necessarily the same thing of like making sure you're in the best position to be able to continue to do what you want to do. His is just refuse to not be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe not the best example, but kind of along the same lines. Because like he's the most extreme then of just examples I'm trying to fish out of my brain. Yeah. yeah. He's he, he's an example of like continuing to push and accept nothing less than the results that you want. Yeah. His approach to it is not what I'm talking about. Yeah. But yes, he's very much <laughs> yeah. like I'm going to get the results that I want. Right. And uh, yeah, he he's fucking crazy. So he set the world record for like pull-ups. Really? Because he hates pull-ups. Mm. So he was literally like his body was like, we don't like doing pull-ups. And he's like, oh, yeah, bitch. Yeah. I'm going to set the world record for pull-ups. <laughs> so, like, so this was pull-ups throughout the day. 
or like continuous. So you okay. so you have like so much yeah, like within some time frame, twenty four hours yeah. or whatever it is. So um, I'm not gonna look it up on my phone because I don't want to, to do that. But basically, like he just trained for like a year and some change mm-hmm. to be able to do like the most amount of pull ups. So he's doing like hundreds and thousands of pull ups a day because he hates doing pull ups and he just wants to get to the point that like. He like whether he hates it or not, he can do more pull-ups than anyone else, regardless yeah. of the fact that he hates it. Yeah. So he went and tried to do the world record and failed once. So then he still had to stick with all the training. But you're you're grabbing onto a bar, right? I, I don't know if pull-ups is this way or this way. I forget. Yeah. But you're grabbing onto a bar and then you're pulling up your body weight and going down and pulling up your body weight and going down. So he said like after not that long into that, like all the skin on your hands is just ripped off. Really? So it's not just the body weight and the muscle work. Like after a while, like your hands are just totally fucked. And yeah. you like, he, so he said he'd do five at a time, come down, take a breath, go up, do five at a time, come down. He goes and it took like, you know, like 17 hours or something. I don't know how long it took him, but it took him like hours and hours and hours. And you just keep going and keep going and keep going. And so he did like 17,000, I want to say, pull-ups, something God. stupid, like just ridiculous. Um, and set the world record. No and shit. he's like, in his brain, he's like, good. <laughs> now I don't have to do pull-ups anymore because I've already like done this thing. Yeah. And then after that, he's like, fuck that. Because then that's my brain winning. So he still does pull-ups like every <laughs> fucking day. So, so uh, yeah, he, he yeah. is like the model of um, will. Yeah. Of willpower and not yeah. accepting less than the results that you want yeah. from like yourself. Like willpower was just like a manifestation of a person. Yeah. It's Dave Dave, it's one hundred percent David Goggins. <laughs> yeah. He is like by far one of my heroes on the planet and one of my favorite human beings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay hard. That's his thing. Oh my god. Stay hard. <laughs> Don't give in. Don't be a bitch. Oh my god. That's crazy. Yeah, he's he's a solid dude. So yeah. Parker actually got me. He knows Goggins is one of my like heroes. Mm-hmm. So Parker actually got me tickets to a gala that the keynote speaker was David Goggins. Really? So I could meet. David Goggins. No shit. Yeah, like I get goosebumps about it. You see that? Oh my god. You see it? Oh shit. So I was like, wow, this is like one of the greatest things anybody's ever yeah. done for me. Maybe the greatest. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, blah blah. It'll be this night. It's like a gala, so you can dress up and whatever. And um, Gabby had something going on, so I was like, well, I wonder who I'm gonna take. Like, I don't know anybody that's gonna like any girls. They're gonna be like, fuck yeah, David Goggins, yeah. I'm there. <laughs> so I was like, who am I gonna take? Am I gonna take a date? I don't want to take a dude. And I was just like, whatever. And then COVID hit. Yeah. And it got canceled. And I was like, fuck, man gonna get to meet david goggins he's so sweet Dude. yeah if you ever want to if you ever want to like be emotionally moved um david goggins gives a speech and he wins this like award um and it's amazing yeah it's amazing so he went through like the thing that you have to go through to become a navy seal mm-hmm. he went through it three times really yeah oh my god he's the only person he went through it like three times in a year because or i don't know maybe over i don't know but he went through it three times. The first time he went through it and he failed because um, I don't know, whatever it was. But then he went through it and passed it. And then he was a Navy SEAL for a while. And then he was like, I want to be a Ranger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's like, I don't want to be a Navy SEAL anymore. Like, I want to be a Ranger. So Ranger is the equivalent of a Navy SEAL. Just yeah. a different branch of the, of the military. Okay. So in order to become a Ranger, you have to go through it again. So he went through it again. <laughs> he's like he's like i think i'm the only person that's gone through that three times oh shit yeah so there's that yeah <laughs> he's, he's a bad <laughs> motherfucker dude like don't play around with david that's Goggins. hilarious get you. yeah and then sometimes i have a hard time getting up off the couch oh i'm like 
What would David Goggins yeah, do? What would David Goggins oh do? Oh my god, I'd beat the fuck out of myself. <laughs> he wouldn't be a huge bitch like this. So anyway, so I watched um I watched some disc golf this week, which is, you know, kinda what I do. Yeah. What'd you watch? I watched Second Card for uh Ledstone. Okay. So I watched Central Coast. Uh, I watched their um, their coverage. So I got to see some Nico, you know, some Barella. I got to see yeah. some more Barsby because he slid from the lead once they went to Eureka. Yep, so he, yep. he was on fourth round coverage. Um, yeah, Barella and all the stuff. And again, I'm like watching their timing and watching all their stuff and watching what they do. Um, but in doing that, I, I was kind of thinking of the thought process of like touring pro, like disc golf as your job. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously that's not my job. Obviously, it's not your job, but I was just thinking in terms of like disc golf was your job, right? Like you have a different interaction with it. And then um, I was kind of thinking of like trying to set up, right? Like, so we're going to work out yeah. two, three days a week, four days a week, whatever it is that we end up doing. Like, okay, cool. So that's that. Um, but I wanted to set up like some kind of system of practice to build the skill set to like get me to where I want to be. Because I feel like this year I've spent more time playing rounds than I have like any other well at least the last few years because i've done like some field work and i've done some putt work but i just end up because i have people that i want to disc golf with that i just end up playing like a bunch of rounds so i'm trying to figure out like what i want to do with my week or bi-weekly or whatever it is in terms of like building a skill set it's like the metronome was like the first thing of like okay i want to do that to kind of like try to establish my footwork and then i can continue to work on that for like my backhand drive but i wanted to work on like my putting, my forehand, all of these different things. So in your mind, what would be a good, like for you, if like transport yourself into somebody's life and you're a touring pro, like what do you think that your workout schedule would be ideally if you didn't have other shit to get in your way for the week to like move your disc golf like all the way? I don't know. So I mean, for me, Right now, I think it would probably be like every other day and just working through like getting my body in tune of like, this is just a thing. Like this is part of lifestyle and developing better everything, like even building your body, but also helping build your mind. Yes. And having that be a ritual every other day, say, and then having the the equivalent of field work. So I think having a setup in the basement or like an outdoor portable thing that you can throw into this net where you're not wasting X amount of time going to pick up all the discs. You just have to walk to the end of the net and pick them up and then you can do it again. You get more reps in and whatever. Yeah. Practicing on what we did earlier, just in a more focused way. You've already built up what we were, what we worked on today and then being able to power transfer better and really just get those reps in. And just having that be a system, like on a schedule, like, yeah, I can disc golf today. I can go play around, but first this needs to happen and this needs to happen or whatever, say, and that's kind of like where I want to go with it is having this, like, this is me trying to figure it out because I don't come from a family of disc golfers. Like my dad disc golfed in high school every now and then. Secretly. Yeah. And, uh, so what are you doing? Are you getting up at seven in the morning? Like, what do no, you think in that like, situation? What are you thinking? Oh, like if this was the idea, like, this I think is your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? I think it would be getting up at seven in the morning. Okay. So you're going to get up, you're going to eat breakfast. Yeah. And then go work out, like yep. probably get your hour in, like go in stretch or like get loose, whatever the hell it is. Lift some weights, get 
like i mean uh, flexibility is going to be a huge part of it being able to stay mobile in that way yeah and then stretching out afterwards maybe so you get like breakfast you do the whole workout get some lunch in you if you're feeling like you need it or whatever and then go do your reps for disc golf so essentially like the day workout would be lifting stuff and then like network or whatever like for disc golf itself specifically and then as you would work out like if it's leg day or arm day or like all over whatever the hell it is have kind of similar things with disc golf so it's like you have putting and then you have like net work and all this stuff and then maybe like up shots or whatever the hell it becomes yeah and having that set schedule and then after that it's kind of incorporating it like you have to go play rounds like scoring rounds right, and to i think cement it. Yeah, yeah and i think for myself at one point in time my dad gave me the advice of like because i used to be really worried about score and that would actually mess with how i scored yeah. afterwards but now i think that so he eventually gave me the advice of like just focus on one shot so on and so forth but i think i'm at a place now mentally where i can go back to where am i at score wise that it's not gonna fuck with me and then know like i need to do this on this hole and that if i do fuck it up i'm still okay with it as to where before it'd be like oh fuck like i'm like blood starting to boil like i'm getting really anxious or whatever and now it's like i'm really off pace or something i think my 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 ability to manage that is like significantly better given everything that i've learned and gone through like just recently yeah um but i think having this schedule regardless of whatever like i just think for life itself will just be healthy and beneficial no matter like what you implement it on yeah so for me this would be like kind of the dream it's just the thing that's missing the weird missing variable is not coming from like a disc golf background or like being in the right network at the right time because you have all these touring guys and i've asked for like years how to do it even like jared and jared was very vague and whatever and maybe i was just asking the wrong question like how do you tour like i think that's pretty straightforward maybe i'm just asking it in the wrong what, way what do you mean like how do you go on tour i don't understand exactly okay like i don't <laughs> yeah so like jared he's like i don't know you just like you just have four or five grand and then you just do it and it's like okay but like how like i never got like a walkthrough like somebody to really take the time and like really understand what i'm asking yeah as to where other people i think they're like right place right time have the ability to do it whatever it is and it's like i just i still just don't understand like it's very weird i don't know why it's like seemingly a taboo thing again i don't think i'm asking like some weird question but that's something that's like really i still don't understand the question yeah i i've even asked like (laughs) the first person i think i ever asked was sean adkins and even still it was like i got like i mean one he's not a touring pro so i shouldn't really be asking him but at the time i thought he was not that he's not a knowledgeable guy but in the fact of like he's not a touring pro or never was that asking that is like a real dicey thing or whatever maybe he knows and he's just like i choose not to do it or something yeah but that's a question that's always been like really hard because the understanding and the how to it's a lot of these people like (laughs) have parents that are fully supportive of it and come from like they came from disc golf and early on and then like we're gonna get our kids into it and so on and so forth and they just kind of stuck with it so you get 
Simon, who's been playing since he's two years old and has been playing ever since and has family that just backs him up or whatever, or at least a parent, parent or two to back him up. Same with Eagle and Paul or Paul is, I guess, different because his family was, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I know he came up in um, baseball, but also he figured out the game. And then Innova kind of got behind him. I know Feldberg was like a stepping stone in that in some way, shape, or form. Because they were like, hey, what do you think of Paul? He's like, he's going to like go somewhere. He's going to yeah. do some shit. So he got backing, like, I feel like right place, right time. But also skill set. Not that it's like, you got totally lucky. Yeah. But where you have people scouting for other sports. And you can get this cumulative of people. Like, not that Paul shouldn't be getting a million dollar like contract with Discraft. Yeah. I think it's fucking awesome that that's possible have other players do that too. I think there's other players that if given the opportunity to go through like what Paul has, and this is something like, I don't know if this is true or not, or if I sound crazy or not, but if you have somebody who has the ability to go and travel without worry of having to work 40 hours a week to save up, to go be like weekend warriors and then just like hope it works out and then just do it again and again and again versus I just get paid to do this. So now it's, I'm obligated to go practice. I'm obligated to be like the best athlete that I can be that if I don't do this, I'm doing this company that's sponsoring me a disservice Yeah, and they're going to drop me, which I think is totally plausible versus like, I don't know, like I'm, I've been sponsored by latitude. I've been sponsored by West side and it wasn't like I got an allotment. And then I had to pay them still to get stuff, which I yeah. always thought was weird. I, I met like both times at first I was like, oh, this is like super cool. Cause I'm not sponsored by up in the air. I'm sponsored by like a name manufacturer, yeah. like two name manufacturers. And I feel like I wasn't really getting anything. Yeah. Like I thought like, if I could just, can I just not take this allotment and then you just give me money to like put on t- towards travel and this and that. And even still like the allotment was 300 and, ten dollars or whatever the hell it was in like merchandise and then if i wanted to get extra stuff like yeah i got a discount on it but it's still like i'm trying to accumulate tools to go practice so i can represent you guys yeah it's a very strange thing because i think that if you get bigger names into it they're obviously going to be more apt to working with you versus like i know i'm just zach but or you're just darren or will's just will or whoever like what if you gave people on your team uh, a a salary of whatever it is? Like it yeah. doesn't even have to be much. Like if it was five grand for the year, like here for January first, signed contract, you get five grand. It goes towards anything disc golf. Yep. I think that covers like everything. Yep. And that's not going crazy. That's like bare minimum. And you have like you can sign up for all these tournaments that are always so hard to get into. You can get discs or whatever the hell it is that you need. But more importantly, it's like you have the ability to travel. You can sign up for tournaments early because you have the funds for it. And you can potentially get lodging if you want to or not or whatever. But you have gas money and you have tournament entry. Yeah. And I think that's like the biggest two things. And then eventually it's like, do I want to stay at a hotel for all week? Or like, how long am I going for? But you're putting yourself in the best position possible to compete for this sponsor who's doing you some good. Yeah. They're they're allowing you to do the thing that you love at the level that you want 
and now it's just on you how far are you going to take it you can tell i've like thought about this for a while now. yeah <laughs> I, I, I talked about this in like 1982 yeah so yeah, yeah about, i've yeah. had this conversation like a multiple of times and it's like i remember standing in cruisemere carry out for like three hours one day talking to you about this <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so for for me part of it is um they're a business right and i equate it to a conversation i had with another friend of mine forever ago because he was a dj mm-hmm and he like made good music, right? Okay. Like not the bullshit music that people do at clubs. Bullshit right? music, yeah, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you if you go to a club, I like to go to the club. Uh, I like to dance. Sketch, sketch. Back that thing up. So, anyways, if you're a DJ, right? And you know, you you're like making you know you're like making mixes and all this other stuff and it's like sweet music and you're not just spinning like top 40 remixes you know and all this other stuff like you know uh i don't know bieber isn't part of your set and whatever it is like and you go somewhere and you're trying to explain to someone the fact that like most people who who like hate top 40 music love this music and you're explaining to them why and like the intricacies of all your mixes and all this stuff that you do and whatever like that guy doesn't give a shit what that yeah. guy cares about is like when you're headlining, how many people are going to come to his bar, mm-hmm. right? And if you like can just play like all the popular music on the radio and that place fills up every Saturday and those people come back next Saturday because they had fun this Saturday, that's what he wants. Yeah, He's not worried about like you pushing the envelope of like brand new cutting edge music or just playing the fucking Bee Gees over and over again. Like he literally doesn't care. Yeah, he's only interested in like what the registers look like at the end of the night. And when you DJ, those registers are more full with money than when Larry DJs. Then he's going to make sure that you're there every Saturday and pay you what makes sense to him to have you there every Saturday. Mm -hmm. So going from like being at your house, being a giant fan of music, like following the industry, following the music that is constantly coming out, putting together like sweet shit and doing all that, is that going to help you get a job at like Moe's Club? Probably not unless the people in your area look to you and are like, this guy fucking kills it. And then when he puts up at Moe's dance club, like Frank is spinning this Saturday and like, man, they fucking like sell out. Yeah. Right. He doesn't give a fuck about your music. Yeah. And so I think like disc golf to a certain way, because it is a business is similar Mm -hmm. and that that's where like social media and a lot of like self-promotion and all that stuff has come into disc golf which it is in every business but then like they're looking at if you have a big social media presence and you have a bunch of people that like follow your channel and follow your instagram and are like liking stuff that you put on facebook and you have all these people and all that people they're looking at like this is your sphere of influence and if you are using something like obviously it's going to impact this community of people that look up to you or follow you or at least find you interesting Mm-hmm. So then their willingness to give you product or money or whatever to get their stuff into your hands is their advertising dollars as a company. So they're willing to give it to you because they're looking at they're going to get a return on that. Mm-hmm. So when they're going to pay for you to go on tour or when they're going to give you five grand, they're looking at we're going to give you five grand because it's actually going to impact our sales in some way. So I'm sure there's people that get some levels of sponsorship like every company at this point has like some team right that is that are those people yeah there's social media like impactors or there's some kind of influencer i hate that word but there's some kind of like 
center of a community or part of a community that a lot of people dial into. And they're like, if we get their stuff in their hands and they post about it and do all this other stuff, it's just going to keep our name brand in front of a lot of people. And they'll be talking to a lot of people and they'll be doing this and it'll help like keep our brand really relevant. So mm-hmm. then the stuff that they're giving them, the stuff that they're doing with them makes sense for them because it's like they're advertising dollars. Right. Now, when you're talking about like paying people to tour, paying people to travel, giving them entry fees, doing all that stuff, like the next level of sponsorship, it is to accomplish the same thing, just a different way. Mm-hmm. So that way they can say like, so many people in the top half of the field at Ledgestone were Discraft team members or like the team did this or did that or whatever it is, or to like just maximize the number of people that are going to be on coverage that are throwing Discraft or Innova or Westside or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So there's like, if you're going to go to tournaments, do all this stuff and do really well. And like, they're excited that you're going to be wearing their shirt and throwing their stuff. And like, you might make it on coverage and do all that you can get there, right? How do you get one of those two levels of sponsorship? How do you get into it? You got to track it down, you know, and like be like, hey, like I have all these followers, I have all this stuff and I love your product. Like I want to be on this like thing and be part of like your company and then maybe you get that. And if you want to be the guy where like, hey, I want five grand from you guys so I can tour, you have to have like some kind of resume that they can look at and be like, okay, if we gave this guy $5,000 to tour, like he's going to result in like, you know, like really putting us on a high level of performance that like this guy uses our shit and he's 10, 20 rated. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't know. I guess the way to do it is like, if you can just get really good and like, it might be stupid, but like really like, like dial in your rating. Yeah. Or win a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And then you can be like, hey, I won these eight tournaments that were B tiers and higher last year and I'm rated this. Like I want to throw your stuff. This is what I what I what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. And that's kinda like what I'm trying to do to some degree. Where it's like I mean, ultimately I'm trying to be like the best disc golfer I can possibly be. Right. Like I don't think I'm some super stud, but I don't think there's anything stopping me from being that because yeah. there's things like i'll sit back and i'll look at somebody else making whatever putt or they have a putt for whatever and on the outside it's like wow what a crazy putt that would be if they made this that or whatever but then i've stepped up to same putt and this is like a purely distant like i don't know a 50 footer or something yeah and i'll get up there and it's just like this doesn't seem that hard all i have to do is just this yeah and i'm giving it a fucking bid but then stepping back on the outside it's like Dude, somebody making that putt consistent consistently, like what the hell? So it's like, it's totally possible. And seeing on the outside, like looking at it, and it's like what I can do in this is like pretty uh, amazing in the sense of like you're throwing these fucking discs, frisbees, whatever the hell, yeah. into these fucking chains, yeah. and being accurate at like 300 feet is like with what we know now. It's like yeah, you should be accurate at like 300 feet. If it's a wide open 300 foot hole, yeah, like 400, you should be like putting. If not, yeah. you're going to be losing strokes on a lot of people. Yeah. But if you're coming into it new and you're like, wow, that's a really long hole. It would take me so many shots to get there. Right. And it's like, eventually, like I could get you there. Like, just give me time and we can make that a thing. Yeah. Like it's, it's truly awesome. Um, yeah, but I guess I guess my original question was asking you if you were a touring pro. So let's modify that question. Okay. 
what would your game plan or what is your game plan right now? I guess because I just started looking at it differently this week. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe I should have started looking at it this way a while ago. But what would your game plan be now on a weekly basis to get you to the skill set that you would need to be able to guarantee yourself the level of whatever that you want? That's kind of what I'm trying to figure out. Like, I don't know what I think. I think is, that's what this is like, about. Yeah, yeah, that's what this. <laughs> this is well, about. this talk, yeah, yeah, but everything else that's going on, like yeah. for sure, like being an athlete. Yeah. So being an athlete, you need to be in shape, be healthy, do all this stuff. So doing that, I know that I am not doing that, or it's very hit or miss, or whatever the hell. It needs to be more of a consistent thing. Yeah. So. I'm really excited to do or to do it and be on like more on top of that and having like uh, a schedule to follow and having friends that are knowledgeable in this field is like that's huge because it'd be totally different. And like, hey, Darren, like I want to work out and you're like, all right, what the fuck do you want me to do about yeah. it? Like not knowing, yeah. but having background in this type of stuff, being a knowledgeable person just in general, that it's like, here's what I want to do. Here's what I think is just going to help regardless. Yeah. But in addition to being healthier, that it's going to translate good for being a more consistent, uh, a more mentally sound player and very consistent and explosive, like off the tee, like where you need to be, because you need that to be able to throw further. Like you don't necessarily, like distance doesn't win you tournaments, but it helps on holes or like being able to do certain things. Right. And consistently, um, gives you more opportunity for scoring right. hence transferring or translating into success right. to some nth degree. Does it, it doesn't like winning is who can do it the most consistently putting the most consistently off the tee consistently upshots the most consistently, um, overcoming adversity yeah. the most consistently. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Like the yeah. mental part of it. Seriously. Too. Yeah. Um, eating before tournaments the most consistently Yeah, <laughs> having proper directions yeah. to everywhere you're going. Yeah. But all like it's just being healthy, <laughs> not like, drinking too much pre-workout. Consistently. Oh my god, dude! But I mean, we got through it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I gained from that. Yeah. Just even throwing up and still continuing to work out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't even know where this really goes. Like, I want it to be into something to where I can be like a touring pro. I can be good enough to where if I wanted to be sponsored by Discraft, it's not just like hey, we can get you on, like, the underground team or something. Like, no offense to whatever, but, like, I want it to be, like, on the thing. Like, I don't want it to be, like, a fanboy type thing. I want it to be a legit, like, top of the top, cream of the crop type thing. Yeah. Um, But if that happens, if it doesn't, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I can just try. Yeah. (laughs) I can try it. So the the best way to do it is, is doing all this, I feel like. And if not... I'll just try to be a badass by my fucking self. Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe somebody is like, Hey, we, what's going on with Zach or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What's he up to? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's a, uh, you know, yeah. People watching and, and whatever. I think, yeah. yeah, I definitely think like it's so Phil put up a post on like, I don't do anything for my rating. I just always challenge myself to play. Mm-hmm. hard tournaments and travel a lot and play a lot of tournaments and do all this other stuff. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I, I agree with that. And, um, and he does like, sometimes he'll just go out and set the world on fire. 
Yeah. And then I'm watching him on coverage and I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah dude, yeah. go. <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes he'll go somewhere and like everything's kind of off and then he'll have like rounds that score poorly and, and whatever it is. Um, and he just shakes them off cause he's not worried about that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think like part of being able to move forward into the sponsorship that you're talking about is winning and rating, mm-hmm. which is tricky. Yeah. Because like, I don't like worrying about rating. I don't like, yeah. it's not really my thing. Um, I do like to win. Yeah. And I do like to play well. But like we were talking about when you were playing Ledgestone, you're like, well, this felt off and I just tried to keep playing through it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I guess like this year I'm looking at as it's going because I paid a little bit of tax for it on Friday at leagues. And then I paid a little bit of tax for it at the tournament of like trying to dial into like what we worked on today because mm-hmm. I didn't have time from Friday leagues till the tournament because of my life to try to like do the work that we did today to dial it in. So sometimes at the tournament, like my run up was good. Sometimes it wasn't. I had a couple, <laughs> dude. I had a couple where I was literally just like, I just kind of got to the end of the tee pad and threw it. Yeah, because my feet were so <laughs> fucked up, and I got to that point where like I wasn't even sure what I was really like trying to do. And like one of them was the first hole that we played. Yeah, which was two where you fell down. Yeah, and that tee pad's <laughs> a little goofy. And I was thinking like, you know, Zach fell down here. <laughs> But my run up was so janky <laughs> and I like was like I couldn't I like I went up and stopped and then I came back and then I went up and tried to get going and I just couldn't get it. But I had literally like already kind of gotten to the end of the tee pad and then I just like I guess we're here. I just <laughs> armed through it and I like I threw a great shot. Right. Because like in reality, I don't use that much legs in my throat anyways. Yeah. Like that's where I am as a disc golfer. So like I got to the end of the pad and literally the thought process was like just fucking throw it. Yeah. <laughs> Get it out of my fucking hand. Well, I just don't want to, like, I don't want this to be a thing. Like, I just don't want to embarrass myself at that point, you know? And I was like, just throw it. And I threw it and it went right there. And then I was just thinking, like, yeah, well, you really don't use your legs anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. Like, you could probably just stand there and do this, you know? (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, but I, I like the idea of moving towards, you know, like, obviously, we've both been working and, like, this podcast is a big exploration of our exploration of, like, what we're doing and what's going on, you know, yeah. like, where we come from, where we're at, what's going on, what we're looking at, what we're trying to work on. But I like the idea of really trying to build a diverse skill set. Mm-hmm. As I was watching the the chase card and Philo is the color commentator with Ian Anderson and they're talking about um, whatever. And, and uh, he was talking about Matty O because Matty O was on fourth car- fourth yep. round. And he's like, yeah, he's got a really good forehand game and he's got a really good backhand game and he's got a good roller game and he's got a good putting game. And he's like, he's got all the tools you need to do well. So when he goes out, like he does well. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking of like, yeah, there's like, there's so many facets to it. And that's what got me thinking about like, if you were a touring pro or if disc golf was just your job, like what would your weekly process look like? You know what I mean? Like, do you have like a forehand day? Is every day everything? You know what I mean? Like, are you just playing forehand rounds every Tuesday just to get like, constant practice on your forehand to dial it in are you setting up a basket like 280 feet out and throwing like anheuser forehand up shots like do you just have like a bucket of zones and you're just standing there like just throwing that like is it does it base on like what you fucked up the week before yeah what you just couldn't do like what you know what is it and i was thinking of like yeah i don't know why i don't do that stuff Mm -hmm. like reality for me to be like a really good disc golfer um I should just constantly be addressing the things that I suck at. Mm-hmm. Like with it, whatever it is that you're doing. Like if you want to get good. Yeah. Cause eventually the thing you suck at is like, you're still really good at it. Yeah. Now you're just like, 
focusing on the thing that you're really good at and trying to get better at it right so. well like like watching like <laughs> yeah. watching northwoods right like northwoods when they're when you're playing for leadstone yeah like any of those heavily wooded courses where you have all these tight lines you have all this shit going on like if you can't throw a bunch of different shots and you don't have like a swiss army knife of, yeah of you're skills, gonna get into a spot where you're like i don't know what to do Right, and then you're doing yeah. like some like weird like yeah. jumper forehand that just goes right into the ground yeah. or whatever it is. And uh, you know, we were talking about Yuli, and there's plenty of people like that that they just have every fucking shot. Mm-hmm. And like, there's more and more rarity of like people like Presnell. I was watching him because he was on Central Coast almost the entire time. Like mm-hmm. he's a backhand specialist, right? Yep. Like that's what uh, yep. Colin calls it when you don't have a forehand. Yeah, <laughs> like he's a backhand specialist. <laughs> and uh, I was just thinking like. Yeah, there's so many shots that are so much easier with the forehand and like all this other stuff. And I was just yeah. thinking like, yeah, so if you really want to be good at it and something that you really want to develop your skill set to be like the best that you can be, like you need to address all of those things mm-hmm. and to really dial all that stuff in. And I, uh, it just kind of changed my brain in terms of the way that I've been thinking about like disc golf or like getting better at disc golf or whatever in terms of really looking at it in a, in a skill set way of like what skill sets do I not have and trying to work those in. Right. Because ultimately, you need all that stuff to be good. Yeah, seriously. I yeah. mean, and what <laughs> what harm is it going to do? Yeah, like it's only just going to be beneficial. Yeah, and hopefully, you don't hurt yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, that. No, like, you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's man, it would be cool to have somebody just tell us what it is who already knows what the fuck it is instead of just guessing. <laughs> well, I, I guess that's what like. You know, to some yeah. level, like the U disc stats are for. Like, I don't use yeah. U disc, and I don't collect my stats. And I remember somebody saying to me, "Be like, the way that you approach everything, it's like shocking to me that you don't use U disc because it would seem like you're the guy that would be like constantly crunching his stats and doing all this stuff, or whatever." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I specifically don't. I specifically don't use it." And you know, like, I kind of know where my weaknesses are and wherever. But like, maybe I should start doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it more takes me out of my round while I'm out practicing to constantly be putting or inputting everything. Yeah. You know, and then most of the time when I am playing, I'm playing with people that like I like to play with and that's the only time that we get to spend time together. Yeah. So I'm just trying to be present during the round to like one work on my game, but two, like be present in time of like sharing time with them. Right. So maybe I need to go and like do more early, early morning solo rounds when no one else is on the course by myself and actually like enter in all my shit. Yeah. Cause I know that when Jared was still around, and we got as good as we were that a lot of, I mean, it was just him and I playing. Yeah. And it was legit. Like we're trying to just one up each other. There's like a specific game of pig that we played. Yeah. We played P because we ran out of daylight and we made everything and yeah. it was stupid. And it's just like dumb shit like that. I mean, we're, it was one of those times where it's like, you could look at it on the like outside looking in. It's like, you guys are making like stupid putts. Like they're not like, crazy difficult but the consistency of like which we're making them and it's like the guy who's going second has to make this putt otherwise whatever that there is just so much of that interaction where it's you're forcing weird shit so if we were to go play pig like straddle regular stance spin putt push putt pitch whatever the hell up over this shit like laying down you're putting yourself in all these different positions where it's you just have to do it and like we're worst case scenario like nothing's on the line like you're just getting a letter or a word or whatever it's just a fucking game but then when it comes to like actual competition you're not out of like you're not in some crazy i've never been in this place before like i've been in somewhere similar um 
but like doing that with him and us having like the same skill set always like it was always at firefighters that was like our home course of practice developing backhands and rollers and sidearms just because like never threw us a uh, roller sidearm on one or whatever the hell hole let's just do it yeah why the fuck not like <laughs> worst that could happen like it goes into the water and we just go get it right um playing safari there but like ultimately like without having a schedule we had like a very chaotic schedule that was so frequent that i think like there's none of that in my life right now really like, right he 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 brought a lot of that to the table and then as you were talking before i was like what if we what does this look like on paper like what can be categorized as a thing to work on daily like just to have it like the list and yes. then you have all the places to put the list in where do these things go yeah. what does that look like or something like that to have a more like that same thing but organized and you can just print it out for like your weekly one or something yeah um what i think of in my head is and it, it just came into my head but if you had like a little bin because i love bins if you had a little bin of ping pong balls mm-hmm. and you had a, something written on each ping pong ball yeah and you could either at random pull the ping pong balls throughout your week or have time set aside each day or whatever it is and then choose one of the ping pong balls and make sure that you use every ping pong ball each week yeah because i know for me at least with my body there's some days when x feels better than y and some days y feels better than x so there's definitely days that like if i was going to commit to doing like a forehand workout every day right or like one day a week where Mm -hmm. i'm going to throw 300 forehand shots yeah putt and approach mid-range driver full rep right like Mm -hmm. if i'm going to do that right there's gonna be specific days that i'm like good i feel good for that my left knee is fine everything's good so that it so it might be a thing of like i'm going to grab that ping pong ball today because like my body's good Mm -hmm. and then kind of do it or you could do it at random the issue that i have is like body maintenance yeah like if i lived in a pain-free body it would probably be fun to just pull a ping pong ball every day yeah like this is what i'm gonna do yeah and just do that like today's rollers today's forehand up shots today you know whatever it is mm-hmm. and uh, whatever those ping pong balls are and then you know maybe as you play rounds or play tournaments and something goes to shit you just take out the strongest skill set you have and you put in a different ping pong ball yeah so then at the end you end up with like eight out of ten ping pong balls or like learn how to fucking putt idiot yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think that putting like if anything was going to be an everyday thing for sure would be yeah, putting. Yeah. I was like, joking about that. <laughs> yeah. Putting is obviously like the end of your day anyways. You yeah. Know, like like it, and out of all it, like if you're going to do only one thing, yeah. putt. Well, that's what we said. Yeah. Those eggs, those eggs are gold. Yeah. Every putting egg you put in your basket, it pretty much stays there. Yeah. 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 Like that's the bank account that isn't getting like, you know, withdrawn from. It kind of stays there and you're like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'll have, to fi- I'll have to put some time to it. Maybe next week we'll go over like what what you've come up with. But I think like yeah. I want I want to put the thought process to it, and I think I'm going to start getting up really early again, like I was before, and then just start doing that, like in the morning. Yeah, and like do that because it'll help me get my body moving, get my day started. Do that and then eat breakfast. Yeah, right, and then play the days that I'm playing because I probably play like three days a week right now, mm-hmm. sometimes four, but usually I like get out and play like three days a week. But right. if I can get up at like seven in the morning. Or get out of my house by seven in the morning. Like I could do a skill set every day, you know, and maybe just start doing that and base a little bit off of like what I did the week before or what my weaknesses are or whatever. And then just kind of like make sure I'm hitting each thing each week. Yeah. And try to do that. And then just try to putt a little bit each day. That'd be good. Yeah. 
because that would I think that would be the most productive to try to get me there. Because I'm still kind of looking at this year as like a skill set building year. Like it's not really like it's too wanky and too like unpredictable of a season for me to really commit to. Like, yeah, this and that kind of holds true, I think, to everybody, just in the sense of. I yeah. don't know, pandemics and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like. Well, I was talking to, I was talking to Bauman and so like I'm going to sponsor the Stony Creek Open, mm-hmm. right? So it'll be Darren Harrison Real Estate sponsored, you know, Stony Creek Open. Yep. And so like we're going to put 758 of cash in and then he's going to put some cash in whatever and so it'll be like a sweet draw. Mm-hmm. And he sent me the thing. He's like, well, do you want to try to make it a B tier? Because for like a little bit of money, we can move it up to be a B tier. And he's like, you know, then whatever. And I was like, I, I really like the idea of like just people getting as much money out of the tournament as possible because the way that this year is, I don't think that points are such a thing for people so much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like a lot of years, people are chasing points because they want to go to Am Nats or they want—I mean, uh, Am Worlds or they want to go to whatever. But I'm like, I think this year is just so weird that like I don't think there's a lot of people really chasing points. Yeah, it's because there's so many tournaments that are gone. Right. So then how does that work? Yeah, got, <laughs> I was on the events page earlier and there's like, you're in, you're in October so fast. Yeah. <laughs> like on the disc golf scene, you yeah. just like, you scroll through and you're like, fuck, we're ready in October. Yeah. Where normally it's like this weekend. Yeah. Next weekend, you yep. know, and now it's like whew, November. Yeah. yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> or like you go into the events on um, PDGA yeah. and there's so many just grayed out. Yeah. Like there these did exist at one point and just got canceled. Like yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a wacky year. It's a I think it's a good year to try to like, you know, rebuild your shit. Yeah. And concentrate on like like I'm just using the tournaments. Yeah, play tournaments when you can, whatever, but find time or make time to focus on things that you don't typically have time for. Yeah. Prior. It, yeah. It's it's funny cuz last year I dealt with the season like so differently. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it was the first season I was accepting cash and I had like all the am stuff I wanted to do before I started accepting cash. And then I, fe- I fell into like my knee and all this other shit. And then it was like, I had am nats and like, then it was like, all right, now I'm accepting cash. And there was so much I wanted to do like in the first year of accepting cash and everything. And then it was like this year it's like pandemic. And <laughs> I'm still looking at this as like preseason 2021. You yeah. Know? It's like <laughs> literally the way it lives in my brain, like stuff yeah. that would have driven me crazy at tournaments this year. I do on purpose, like playing all those rounds with like really flippy shit and like whatever. And like I said before, like I'd normally like revert to what's comfortable during a tournament to do the best of that tournament I could and then figure out like, oh, I'll work on it during the week. Where this year I'm like, no, I'm going to do it at the tournament to try to actually solidify it and gain confidence in it so it'll be yeah. there when I need it. And uh, <laughs> I just keep looking at this as like a preseason for next year. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's kind of how it just feels yeah. the whole time. It's hard like, to take <laughs> it seriously. It's so yeah, weird. It's, it's just like practice like it's preseason for everybody yeah like <laughs> tournaments are there just to still be able to have that pre- like play under that type of pressure and yeah move on to next yeah. year see or we, take it yeah. To, yeah see we really stand and go you yeah know? yeah it'll be interesting to see if everything like clears up to some level where we can have a full season next year like how I feel about next year. Then is it going to be like more pressure on me because I look at like I used this whole year to get ready for next year. And then mm-hmm. if like I'm on a round and shit starts blowing up, am I one of those guys at Ledgestone? Like, damn it, I practiced all last year for this. <laughs> like, <laughs> now I'm going to kick my bag. <laughs> so I, don't know, I didn't play with anybody that had a bad attitude or, or had any kind of meltdowns. But there was definitely a guy on, on a card that I could see that was like consistently not having a good time. Yeah. And then we were talking about Ledgestone or whatever. 
on my card and they're like yeah i heard a lot about that and yeah. i was like yeah i talked to two of my buddies and they're like a lot of a lot of tantrums at ledstone oh yeah like, yeah lots of kids not getting their fucking candy bar <laughs> i want to eat their candy bar in front of them yes. yeah yeah what i want to do <laughs> cool man well you got anything else going on no i mean we got workout coming up workout after this what yes. do you got going tournament wise what's the next thing you're gonna do do you know i don't know yet yeah. i've been trying to get a bunch of other stuff figured out um having come back from ledgestone financials and all this type of stuff yep. i did a couple of gigs throughout the weekend and all that so i gotta go home see what's planned because i got i put a lot of my tournament funds into disc golf pro tour so in terms of that i'm playing mvp open yeah um i might be traveling with phil down there he was talking to me a couple of days ago um he's like hey i saw that you're playing yada 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 i was like yeah well i'm probably leaving like the eighth or ninth so if you want to like carpool, there's a camping site like right down the road from a gym that we can use the showers and whatever. So I might do that with him. I'm not sure entirely yeah. yet. And then I'm in on. He's a good time too. Yeah. Yeah. I love talking to Phil. It's love great. It. He's a great, he's great energy. Yeah. And then I, I, got I secretly try to hook him up with all the Gabby's friends all the time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he's like the number one go to and they're like, oh, I just can't find a good guy. I'm like, I have this guy. I have a buddy Phil yeah i'm like he's he's a good looking dude you know he's like super proactive in his life he's upbeat you know yeah and looks like I, ruben then i started telling him that that he's a big disc golfer and then you can just see their uh, uh damn it uh, like, <laughs> what man come on do we ha i know this guy but he's a disc golfer yeah and they're like oh god <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my so. god so yeah i don't know um in terms of smaller ish tournaments i don't know yet yeah, I, I need to look and and see what's going on and probably sign up. I don't know if either of the tournaments are open this weekend, but if I can get in on one of those, that because I know those courses, I feel comfortable there. I yeah. feel really comfortable with my game now. It's just if there's a spot. Yeah. So, but yeah, that'd be sweet. Even if I have to like travel somewhere, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, a lot of it's gonna be basically just prep honing stuff in doing whatever and then competing when i can getting jacked yeah viking industrial design training center yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly i mean that's that's pretty much my game plan i want to just stay limber yeah <laughs> get, get, get limber get into the inner part of my hip yeah. acetabulum and, yeah. and get some movement yeah and then make my butt feel like jello that's what i'm really that's my that's my thing jello butt that's oh my, my like God. driving force in life <laughs> It's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> that and the lower, lower, lower ab pain is yeah. like a very specific pain. Hilarious. Yeah. We're going to light that up today. I can't wait. Cool. All right, man. Well, we'll do this again next week. And, yeah. Uh, let's work out. Let's get it. Bye, get everybody. It. Bye, guys. <laughs>